And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this edition of the Hagman Report. HagmanReport.com. Boy, have we got a great show for you tonight. We're coming in hot. By the way, tomorrow I'll be coming in hot on my radio program, 9 to 10 Eastern on Blog Talk Radio and Global Star Radio Network. I'll be doing, I'll be coming in hot. I got a lot to talk about tomorrow. If you don't know about our, uh, five hours of programming, that's right, five hours of programming. Of course, our flagship show, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time right here in Global Star on BTR and YouTube. Uh, check it out. Um, Global Star Radio and Blog Talk for the Hagman, uh, the Doug Hagman Radio Show. That's from 9 to 10 Eastern AM. And then, of course, Joe and John from 2 to 3. But I'll be coming in hot tomorrow and John and Joe, I'm sure the same thing. So, um, so, so much to talk about. But tonight we've got a great show lined up for you. By the way, check out, uh, for those people who are supporting us on Patreon, we've got, we've got Eric the Tech has been working like overtime and, uh, the, Rollouts of the uh, different levels. Yeah, the different levels of rewards yeah, for right. thank you uh, people who decide to sponsor us via Patreon. Thanks. If for you that. go to Hagman Report Patreon, there you can see uh, you. Th- there's different things that you get for each level of donations. Like a dollar donation gets free um, background screensavers. The ten dollar donation gets. Uh, Eric's working on a on a forum on a uh, yeah I saw forum. the forum by the way it, this the the forum it, it, it I can't wait no, I, I, I do like the interaction it, it, so thank you Eric the tech who built the forum from scratch and it's amazing and then you have a one hour extra a month of broadcasting for the twenty five dollar level so it's a great uh, we're just starting out and Eric's continuing to build the different layers of the rewards, but, uh, sign up there and, and, and help us out. That's on, on Patreon on the Hagman Report. And you can go to HagmanReport.com and go through it there. We have a, a great show lined up tonight. Again, Steve Quayle and Dane Wigington is gonna, are gonna be on. We're gonna be talking about weather modification, weather wars, and prophecy. And while we're waiting to bring those on, some interesting new developments in the world of news, as we talked about before, in this recent wave of sexual assault and harassment allegations, many members of the media, as well as members in Hollywood and politics, there is a new accuser coming out against Al Franken today as this latest accusation comes while he was actually sitting, a sitting senator, which is different from the previous accusation last week where this was before he was a senator. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this. And the big one, is Charlie Rose has been suspended by PBS and CBS after Jeez. eight women have come forward to detail sexual harassment and assault from lewd phone calls to flashing. Well, what news. is wrong with these people? I don't know. I, I, I'm crazy. serious about this. It, uh, uh, Renee really? said before the show it has to have something to do with power as well. And, uh, and I, I don't get this. I, 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 you know, I, I just I don't get this. I, I don't understand. 
seriously, Joe. Uh, it is crazy. Uh, okay, sending uh, lewd pictures? Is that No, 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 no. Or uh, lewd phone calls and right. on several different occasions when other reporters were meeting him in hotel rooms or his house. They were just detailing one on NBC Nightly News where he would be in his house and just getting out of the shower and would come out of the shower nude. This happened to more than one woman. And Jeez. he would think that uh, somehow that was going to, you know, help him to... All right. And that's Charlie Rose. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. The and, and, you know, people laugh at me because I will never, ever, 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 ever be in, in a... Alone with any woman other than my wife, okay, and I and I told you this has been year, how many how many years have I said that? Uh, yeah, a long I, time. I, I've said that for a long time because um, I don't. You, you first of all, you cannot afford the the he said she said. You can't afford the appearance of impropriety. I would never ever, uh, and, and that's Mike Pence. You know, uh, yeah, it's a good policy to have. Uh, yeah, in yeah. this day and age, uh, because I'm sure you have both. But people who are being accused, uh, who have actually done things, and people who are, uh, you know, being accused because oh, people are trying man. to extort money or have a, a personal problem with the person. What's wrong with these people? But but uh, but but seriously, what would it take for an innocent guy? I mean, think of the most innocent person, or, or a truly innocent person. What would it take, Joe? And, and uh, while we're waiting for the guests to come on, we're good. What we would have. it? Oh, we do. Yeah. All right, but I'm just, I'll throw this question out there. What would it take for just an accusation, unfounded accusations to, to really ruin someone's career? You cannot ring the bell that's been, that's been rung on that, in, in, in an occasion like that. Well, the only way you could get out of that is if you had an actual alibi, um, and it's, it's provable that you never knew the person or were not with the person that when they said I'm, that I'm this not even, happened. Look, and, I'm not even sure that would even matter anymore. Well, not if the media picks it up, not the way that they, uh, like to fan the flames. Man. And if you're a Christian conservative, you have no chance, no, no of chance of coming back from it. If you're Al Franken, you have a about a fifty percent chance. <laughs> okay. Well, we do have our guests on with us, Steve Quayle from SteveQuayle.com, Dan Wigington. You know, it's going to be a great show. Uh, Joe, I'm going to toss it to you to bring the guests on. We are on audio only this evening, so just bear that in mind. We can be seen on YouTube, and uh, we'll superimpose the, the various images and screenshots in post production. So go ahead, Joe. Bring bring everybody. Yeah, with us we have. Dane Wigington of geoengineerwatch.com and Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. Steve, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you bring in the show. Well, thank you. It's it's a special time for me to be on with Dane Wigington. And by the way, it's geoengineeringwatch. It's engineeringwatch.com. And ladies and gentlemen, this is probably the most critical broadcast I feel probably in the last couple years that you understand in lieu of all the hurricane manipulation all of the strange storms all of the unusual hail well literally all hail H-A-I-L is breaking loose and what I want you to understand is Dane has uh, stood against the tide he's been labeled you know fake news and by the way anytime you tell the truth you're considered fake news so what we have to do tonight and by the grace of God will do it and by Dane's vast uh, amount of research and and basically pouring his life, his soul, and his entire being into this is to get people to understand that geoengineering is an official policy of the U.S. government. There are 175 known patents concerning everything from Morgellons to weather modification to the HARP. Uh, I 
ionospheric heaters. It's all over. And Doug, you know, you probably know this. And just to put this into perspective, when I and Dane, I think you've heard me say this before, but 20 some years ago, when I started on talk radio, starting about geoengineering, which resulted in the book I wrote called Weather Wars and Unnatural Disasters, people could not even uh, tear themselves away from the, the uh, narrative that these were just condensation trails. So, ladies and gentlemen, even official science organizations openly support the notion now that severe weather events are created by people. It is the foundational narrative underpinning global warming and climate change. So, I think you would, uh, you know, when someone asked me, do you believe in man-made climate change? I said, I believe in man-made weather manipulation by all the major governments of the world and everybody's at war with each other. And so, with no further ado, I want to bring Dane on. Dane, thanks you for your just, uh, man, your endless energy to bring this out. Let's make it, how do I say this, as plain as uh, we can tonight for people. How serious a problem is this? Go ahead, sir. Well, it's as serious as it gets. Can you guys hear my audio okay? I'm in a remote location. You guys got uh, me all right? Yeah, we're good. We're good. I, uh, everyone? Okay. Thumbs up on make everyone. Sure yep. Coming in loud and clear. Okay. Uh, it's... It, it, it's as serious as it gets. Climate engineering, mathematically speaking, Steve, you know I've said this many times, it's the greatest and most immediate threat we face short of nuclear cataclysm. Why? Because climate engineering affects every bit of the Earth's life support systems, every breath we take, affects contamination of water, uh, soils, everything. Everything we need to survive on this planet is being thwarted by the climate engineering operations. And I'm in Lake Shasta right now, by the way, I mean Mount Shasta, excuse me, uh, taking snow sample tests off the side of Mount Shasta. And also, and this is an important aspect that I, I, I would like to cover tonight, guys, and I'll give the mic back to you in a moment, but chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. I'm also taking temperature readings on the side of Mount Shasta in the snow that's it's very high. It's up about 7,000 feet right now because the temperatures have been extraordinarily warm. And what's profound and what we have suspected and what we're now investigating in greater depth, a chemically ice-nucleated element like the snows we have, these are patented processes where they, with chemical nucleating elements dispersed over cloud tops and incoming storm moisture, can convert that moisture from what should have been a liquid precipitation event, i.e. rain, into a frozen precipitation event. This is why we're getting the massive hailstones everywhere. We're getting snow at temperatures far above freezing. And we found what we thought we would find in our testing so far, that the snow temperatures themselves are far colder than they should be because it's a, it's a chemically nucleating element. We'll have much more research to do on this, but this is what we would have expected to find. So we have snow up on the side of Mount Shamsa with temperatures, and we have photographs now of the surface temperatures and the snow temperature, but temperatures in the surface ambient air, 45 degrees, and we have snow temperatures of 18 degrees, and the temperatures have not been that cold at that elevation. So why do we have such cold, frozen precipitation, chemical nucleating elements? And this is where they're engineering cool downs. This is why guys... You've seen radical weather whiplash lately, have you not? Record heat to record cool down, back to record heat, so on. Well, absolutely. We're seeing it all over the world, from South America to Italy to even uh, Australia. I mean, it's, it's a global thing, Dane. It's like they've made war on the entire planet. Here's what's important to remember is this. The 
the heaviest engineered part of those events is the cool down. And when there's not enough moisture for them to chemically nucleate a cool, dense layer of air at the surface to lower temperatures, the temperatures go right back up through the roof. The damage to the climate system is real. And it's ongoing. And climate engineering, I will continue to focus on as my primary goal to expose and halt climate engineering. But it's imperative to remember that the damage done is real. It's not about Al Gore. The human race has been very poor stewards of the planet, climate engineering being the greatest example of that. And these weather whiplash scenarios we are seeing are primarily a result of the climate engineers creating an engineered cool-down with jet stream manipulation and chemical ice nucleation. And for listeners that are completely unfamiliar with that concept, that you can engineer a quote-unquote winter event, actually chemically nucleating what should have been rain into snow, I would challenge all the listeners to search Chinese scientists create artificial snowstorm. And they'll find Fox News and Popular Science even cover this, although nobody's covering it anymore because they don't want the population to understand what's going on. But by engaging in such a process, they can literally take it from 100 degrees to snow in a day. And that has happened in Amarillo, Texas, May 1st, 2013. 100 degrees on the ground, all-time record high, snowed the next day. These are not natural events. We need to understand that. Well, I think, Dane, too, one of the things that, ladies and gentlemen, on geoengineeringwatch.org that you can go to, I'm looking at the patent right now, excuse me, the patent right now is U.S. Patent 361-3992A and as an alpha. And, Dane, uh, they're talking about the crystallization of supercooled clouds. Now, this is one of 175, but as I was dug in, Joe, and listening audience researching this tonight, and I did, uh, like I say, uh, uh, talk about this at length, but no one would listen. Tonight, I pray that everyone listens. There is a U.S. secret patent program. Most people don't know this exists. And as for stalling patents, are also giving them what's called a sensitive application warning system that has been around since March 2006. At, at this time, it's believed there's somewhere over 6,000 patents that have an effect, a national security uh, uh, blanket over them that you cannot uh, reveal to the average person. Now, just so you know, that entire U.S. secret patent program was given to the Chinese by Bill Clinton. This isn't a political statement. It is a statement of fact. So as Dane is on the air tonight, and we're talking about this, Doug, people need to know that, as I'm going to quote these different patents, as Dane draws, and I'll try and do my best job to to follow your train of thought with this, but the point is, is that it says this, that this is the abstract. The present invention provides a method for producing rain or snow from natural atmospheric clouds using, uh, using seeding agents characterized by a high solubility in water and large endothermic heat of solution of water. And basically, it goes on to talk about all the different things. Now, that's just one of 175. Then it goes on to talk about, too, uh, ice nucleization or nucleization. And the thing that's important is, is that people understand this, that the whole aerosolization of the atmosphere, patent after patent after patent. I'll put this, Dane, up on my website so people can go and see. And ladies and gentlemen, before you dismiss this or listen to the AI bots that'll sneer, snicker, and jeer, 
you can do your homework and read this stuff, uh, and I think it will be pretty sobering. And then they talk about electrical heating apparatus for generating superheated vapors, 3835293. These are all real patents, uh, Doug. So I'll even send them to you. But the point is, from uh, from the beginning of this whole weather modification and, and Project Argosy and all the things that have gone on, uh, we're talking over, oh, at least, if you go back to the original patents, you're talking stuff that was from the 20s, 1920. And so what it's a well-known fact, but the Chinese now are even openly admitting to laser modification of the atmosphere. And I think for everyone that wants to go look on my website, what I've tried to do, Dane, tonight is put up those stories in real time. So Michio Kaku even talked about this trillion-watt lasers. And basically, here's what, here's what everyone needs to know. There is no normal weather anymore on the planet. It's all manipulated. Go ahead, Dane. Well, I certainly concur with everything you went over. And I, I want to state this about you, Steve, and you, Doug, and also Joe. My deepest gratitude to you guys for having the courage, having the courage to address these issues head on when so many radio show hosts, broadcasters are compelled, it seems, to tow the official narrative in order to keep their their jobs, their paychecks, and their pensions. And the ship is going down by the day. All of us need to face this issue head on, and we need to hold those people accountable that are still towing the official narrative of deception. And I mean local weathercasters, weathermen, if you will, uh, journalists, agency officials, elected officials, all of those who are willingly participating in the criminal climate engineering cover-up, and that's exactly what it is, and it's becoming almost impossible to hide this issue now. The, the weather disintegration is so radical, so total, and so widespread. I would argue they can't hide this much longer. That makes the power structure more dangerous than they have ever been before. And we've done a recent report, Steve. Hey, Dan, if I can yes. just jump in here and... and but just so people understand the reality of this, uh, we were dealing with a publicist who was going to, who um, had actually scheduled a, a very, very. Uh, if I said the name of the person, everyone would know it. And um, the publicist said, if you guys talk about uh, uh, weather modification, for example, like tonight, because this just was this conversation. We just had this conversation within the last seventy-two hours. You can cancel. You forget about ever having that guest on your show on your platform. And that's how serious this is. So people need to understand this is a real fight. What you're talking about is a real fight. So thank you for uh, thank you for coming on and having the courage to come on. We don't have the courage. It's you and Steve that have the courage. So go ahead, sir. Well, I, I, I appreciate that, Doug, but I, I want to throw that back at you guys again because no matter how much research I do or Steve does without a voice, it wouldn't be heard. And at this point, to, to convey this to your listeners, this equation could not be more nonlinear because we still have a population that is trying to convince themselves that any such changes are somewhere far off on the horizon, and that is not the case. The avalanche is coming down the hill right now, and we're standing in the bottom of the of the canyon where it's coming. And I, people don't really want to face the immediacy of what's unfolding when we see ozone collapse, for example, if we had no other challenges to face except the disintegrating ozone layer, and Steve and Doug, you've both seen recent reports that 
state, the official narrative states the ozone layer is recovering. Have you seen those reports, which are patently false, but have you seen those? Absolutely. Yep. So that's a blatant, glaring lie, just like the blatant, glaring lie that Steve already alluded to, that we are seeing, quote-unquote, condensation in our skies. And think how ludicrous that lie is. When anybody with any deductive reasoning could see that you can't turn a condensation trail on and off, you can't have grid patterns one day and nothing the next, you can't have a grid pattern all day long, and then at night you come out, and we see this often, we'll see horizon-to-horizon trails during the day, you come out at night, and nothing is leaving any trail whatsoever, even though the upper atmospheric temperatures are colder with more humidity, more conducive to condensation trail, if that's what we are seeing, which we are not, and we see nothing at night so often. I'm not saying they don't spray at night. They do on, on certain locations on occasion. But the discrepancies we see between trails and no trails, anyone with deductive reasoning would be able to connect these dots and figure out that this is obviously not condensation. And, guys, you both saw the, the uh, obscene image in the sky that was just done by Navy pilots, which they admitted to. You guys saw that, right? Yep. Okay. Did did you see that? Yep. Yes, I did. Okay. So, obviously, not condensation. This is is an activatable particle dispersion. That's what we're talking about. So, when we have global dimming at this point at at 30 plus percent in places, and for those listeners who don't know what global dimming is, that's the official science term for the amount of direct solar rays that do not reach the surface of the planet anymore. It's pushing 30%. And yes, pollution is a part of that, no question. But that is the specific goal of solar radiation management. So we are so far into the curve right now and into uncharted territory, and the climate, quote, engineers do not have a handle on what they think they have a handle on, and that's becoming ever more evident so at this point, we're on a runaway train. We're entering a scenario that would be most correctly categorized as an abrupt climate shift. Yes, there are many causes. We've been, again, bad stewards of the planet, but the single greatest climate-disrupting factor, the intentional climate intervention programs. And I think it's critical that people understand this right now. It doesn't matter what your age group is. Uh, it's somebody has to take the bull by the horns and literally understand what is at stake. Now, I believe, Dane, that this whole thing is, is a far greater, and let me, let me define conspiracy for all those of you that use the term and have no clue what it means. A conspiracy is when two or more people agree ahead of time as to a foregone conclusion and work by their mutual efforts to bring it about. So you could even say it was conspiracy in, during the Manhattan Project to create the atom bomb. Usually secrecy is involved. Now, so to conspire means to agree. So this is no longer a conspiracy theory. Let me also share one thing. Pilots know this. We have a lot of pilots, both military and civilian. On normal civilian air routes, when you're flying east to west, you're assigned an altitude by air traffic control. When you're uh, reversing your direction west to east, you have a different altitude, so you don't have the grid pattern. Everything that you have seen in the sky, Dane's got more pictures of, of amazing, when I say amazing, that's not in a good way, but you can't deny, these are not contrails. You would have so many collisions unless this thing was gridded out, and they're doing it by satellites, all of their coordinates are, are uh, mapped in, punched
understand. And by the way, the average height of these things, and I and, and I have the good, uh, I had the blessing of a friend of mine who, uh, uh, you know, has has provided me to be able to ride along in this jet to be at 41 and 45,000 feet. And I've actually watched the lasers, those black tunneling lasers, and the electrical charge on the chemtrails, Dane, uh, miles apart, come together. Literally watched it in real time. And it was kind of like you see an ocean or those clouds that kind of look like uh, waves. I watched it in real time. So people who, who say that this isn't happening, and I don't know, Doug and Joe, if you guys have ever seen them, but sometimes you'll see perfectly linear black lines in the sky. Not chemtrails, but black lines. Then if you watch those black tunneling lasers and the channel that they're creating for the ionized particulate matter, it's like a directed... Uh, chemical beam. Now, we're talking about two different technologies, and Dane, you were talking about the electromagnetic stimulation of the ionosphere, the ionospheric heaters, of which HARP is just one of 72. And we're also talking about now everything has stepped up. Again, Michio Kaku is talking about, about trillion watt lasers, but what they're not saying is, is that those lasers are also in outer space. Now, this doesn't get into anything that's, quote, a conspiracy. Even geoengineering, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Geostorm, the movie, uh, it didn't do very well, but the, some of the technology on there is as real as you can get. So, ladies and gentlemen, ask yourself this. If they are are openly admitting to 175, I believe it's even more open now, 200 patents that I'm putting up on my website right now that you all can go and look at, okay? Then you've got to, you've got to take your time. I've talked to people that have suffered from Morgellons disease and they were told by their, uh, uh, physicians that they're crazy. They're not crazy. They were part of an orchestrated, uh, targeted chemtrail experiment. And so, Dane, well, well, we're talking about atmospherics. We're also talking about the supercharging of pathogens that have been introduced into the chemtrail, po uh, chemtrail poison. And one of the things that's interesting is, do you remember the reports of red blood cells and people that have actually taken the uh, uh, samples and put them under microscopes and scanned them, even electron microscopes? Red blood cells were in there. So I contend that the atmosphere is being turned into a, a an auger-like suspension, AGAR, that's what they, you know, use in uh, laboratories to put different bacteria and viruses to culture. So the question is, is that all of these uh, interconnections and all of these intersections are, uh, how do I say this? In my opinion, they will, they will begin to act beyond. They'll have unintended consequences. Now, they believe they can control the consequences, but the unintended consequences is what we are seeing now. Go ahead, sir. Uh, I, I certainly don't deny that biological experimentation is ongoing, and anyone who thinks our government wouldn't do this to us has not examined history very well. We've had, got a little noise in the background there. We, we've had, I'm not sure where that's coming from. It's not from mine, guys. Um, we have literally hundreds of documented cases in the U.S. of the U.S. government doing biological tests on U.S. populations. I, I want to back up and uh, just do point something out, Steve and Doug, that I know you're certainly aware of. Isn't it interesting to you, too, that if the official narrative is a, <clears throat> excuse me, a conspiracy theory like 
the official narrative is a textbook conspiracy theory, yes? The official narrative. (coughs) Excuse me. So isn't it interesting that the population is told it's okay to believe a conspiracy if it's the official narrative, and most people don't even think of the official narrative as being a conspiracy, right? A textbook conspiracy of how many Arabs, which the official story is obviously nonsense, but it's interesting that the population is so well programmed that if it's the official narrative, then the conspiracy is okay to believe in. But we have film footage, proof, documents uh, happening right above our heads of the the kind of aerosol spraying operations going on, then then the, the programmed... Pavlov dog response of, of denying it is, is certainly well programmed also. In regard to again, the, the weather modification programs themselves, for those that are, are again unfamiliar with this, there is no separating the fact that the climate engineering weather warfare is also biological warfare. The elements that we know are coming down, and we've tested primarily for the heavy metals and the, the array of heavy metals, aluminum, barium, strontium, and so forth, the fact that that's coming down in our air column and we're all breathing this, that makes this biological warfare with those elements too, right? We both, we all agree on that. Absolutely. So I, I would ask this, for any weatherman and for those that, that can contact their local weathermen, their local officials and so forth, that don't acknowledge this, when you see a sky that's completely covered with the emissions from aircraft, how could that possibly not affect the weather? That doesn't take a degree in meteorology to figure out. Of course, when you block the entire sky, enough to block out 80% plus of my solar power uptake. In fact, two days ago, uh, even yesterday, in fact, I had an 80% reduction in my solar power uptake from strictly what the aircraft were emitting. Can you imagine how much material it takes to block out that much of the sun, every bit of which is raining down on every bit of which we're breathing? What I wanted to mention earlier, guys, and I'll give the mic back to you, when we look at the amount of environmental destruction happening right now, and we're on a, a ball of rock spinning in space with miraculous life support systems that we have all but decimated at this point, if we had no other issues besides the disintegrating ozone layer, which I mentioned earlier that the official narrative is denying, the NASA technician that we're working with, his data and other corroborating data we have indicates on the current course with the current rate of destruction, it's so nonlinear that we are looking at total ozone layer collapse in a decade or less, likely less, if that happens, and that's the trajectory we're on, that issue by itself makes it game over, not counting anything else, and there's plenty of other things to count. That's how close our time horizon is, and that doesn't mean things go on normally for 10 years. It means that we're in dire straits right now. We're we're getting some readings that indicate 80% ozone diminishment right now. We're getting UVC on the surface, so what I'm saying for the listeners is pay attention to your your eyesight, your your senses. You feel the sun, how, how hot it is in your skin. That's not your imagination. And don't uh, disregard your own senses because the official narrative tells you to. Well, one of the things I think is important for people to understand and really, really get it into their heads, pun intended, is the onset of dementia, Parkinson's disease, and all of the Lou Gehrig's and any of those forms of brain uh, and, let's say, this neural uh, 
uh, neuroattacking symptoms and also obviously resulting in the disease, those things went off the chart, Dane. I actually saw a chart, I can't put my finger on it right now, that when the chemtrails started in earnest, obviously, uh, you know, aluminum, barium, strontium, the metals, the there was almost an inverse proportional uh, uh, response with the higher level of uh, what I would just call them brain-wasting diseases. So what else is interesting, and this is what really troubled me, years ago when I brought out the story on Creutzfeldt-Jakob, it's pronounced, it looks like Jacob, but they pronounce it Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, you know, uh, out of the jungles of New Guinea, the, uh, the, the cannibals would eat other vanquished foes' brains, and they would come down with a thing called Kuru, which was a spongiform encephalopathy. Now, I'm using big words for a reason. Imagine prions, which have no genetic material, being impossible to kill. Imagine that stuff being turned loose in the atmosphere. Then you tie it in with nanoparticles, and you tie it in with what I would call the nanite war against the human body. It, all these things work together. And, Dane, one of the things that's been problematic is the Russians and Chinese have done extensive investigation in the electromagnetic attenuation of viruses and their, um, if you will, the ability to accelerate, literally on a mitochondrial basis, the uh, efficacy, I'm sorry, that's a hard word tonight, the effectiveness, let's go there, of uh, supercharging the virus of bacteria. And even, if you remember everybody, years ago, uh, the United States was protesting to Russia that our embassy workers were coming down with diseases. So it's important to understand that just as a laser can carry communications, the high-powered lasers can do way more damage than anybody can imagine. And the story that Harp is shut down, that was just a, a, a totally bogus story. But again, Dane, people focus on seven, they focus on one Harp uh, transmitter, ionospheric, ionospheric heater in Gakona, Alaska, which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the patent number on that is 4686605. One time I was bored, Doug, Joe, and Dane, and I started rem uh, trying to memorize all these things. It didn't work, but the point is I got enough of them still in my head. To tell people, it doesn't matter. Well, I don't think this is true. It doesn't matter. You are going to die if you deny. I'm sorry. Well, they would never do it to us. Dane just shared the government's history of experimenting on humans and especially on their own servicemen is unbelievable. And for the record, I found another patent, Dane, on your list of 175. Again, ladies and gentlemen, it's up on my website, stevequail.com. I encourage you to print it off, geoengineeringwatch.org. Print the stuff off. Print it off and start reading it. And if you don't lose your breath and if you don't basically say, why, these are evil, you know, uh, sons of hell, uh, and I'm trying to be nice, the point is is that you're just not getting it. So if, if, Dane, if people need to understand, I don't know that they even understand about when the ozone hole is depleted, the bombardment of cosmic rays, which is gamma radiation, produces mutagenesis. That's what's bleaching the trees. That's what's bleaching uh, all the coral reefs around the world. Obviously, 
actually at certain waveforms or wavelengths of, uh, uh, of, I would say, designated and targeted lasers. They can just about do anything. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, all the fires in California now, there are witnesses, eyewitnesses, including uh, professional firefighters of decades saying that people saw, and you can deny it if you want to, but they saw beams coming down. And we're not talking about aliens. We're not talking about that. We're talking about high technology absolutely being used against the uh, uh, peoples of the world to depopulate the world. And Dana, I don't think, I just don't think people get it, that they're in the targets of this stuff. They're no longer bystanders uh, on the uh, bleachers watching a game play out before the rise. I, I think it's important to. I, I agree that you know the, the amount of things being carried out are very extensive. On that point, I, on that point, I think it's important for people to understand the complexity of what's happening in the atmosphere. That it's not just biological experimentation. It's not just weather warfare. It's not just enhancing communications by enhancing electrical conductivity in the atmosphere. Back to the disintegrating climate system. We have feedback loops that have been triggered now. And, and, and on the ozone layer itself, to, to elaborate on that, although we've been told that this is the result of CFCs, chlorofluorocarbons, that's only one factor in the equation. The much larger factor with ozone destruction is climate engineering, the radio frequency microwave transmissions and the atmospheric aerosol saturation. So climate engineering should be considered mathematically the single greatest causal factor in regard to ozone destruction. So, again, back to the why question, guys, if I can make this clear for, for Joe, Doug, and I know you guys know this, but for the listeners, and for Steve, I know your listeners probably know this as well, but just to clarify, many, many things are being carried out, many agendas. It's not just this or that. And one of the primary agendas, back to what I stated at the beginning of this program, the attempt to mask the severity of climate decimation that has already occurred by inflicting even more decimation. And this is their attempt to hide the severity of what's going on. An example I've used before, because it's parallel, is the use of Corexit in the Gulf of Mexico. For the listeners that don't know what that is, it was the use of a chemical to try to hide the severity of the oil, oil spill by dispersing it and sinking it. But that chemical made that scenario 52 times more toxic, according to environmental impact reports. But they did it anyway to hide the problem. Same mentality with climate engineering. So when they're engineering these cooldowns to confuse and divide the population in regard to the true state of climate damage, every time they engineer a cooldown, it worsens the overall warming of the planet. Just like a pharmaceutical drug hides certain symptoms while making the cause itself worse. That's the mentality we have. So it's important for listeners to understand it's not just this or that, one thing or another being carried out as an agenda. It's many, there are many, many agendas. And in regard to the fires, Steve, I, I know that there there's the potential for uh, an ignition from the type of scenario you described. I would also encourage people to understand with those fires, we had conditions that relate directly to geoengineering in regard to the level of wind that was blowing, 60, 70 mile an hour winds, which equipped creates a bellows effect like you have in a forge which makes the temperatures much much hotter and certainly those that whole scenario with the fires uh, is very unnatural in many ways but many of those ways were or many of the unnatural aspects that template was set up by climate engineering over the course of 
not just weeks or months, but years, because they've been drying this state out for years. And even though we got rain last winter, as, as Doug, Joe, and Steve, you guys know we got rain in the West last winter, nevertheless, at the time those fires occurred, the fuel moistures were the lowest ever recorded. That's important for people to understand. The rain ended six months before that. The temperatures were the driest and the hottest on record. So we had many combining factors that fueled those those firestorms. And, and again, we should not consider it a natural event because, as Steve correctly said, there is no natural weather. And in regard to the forest fires, important to remember, geoengineering, single greatest causal factor. Why? It's poisoning the soils with bioavailable aluminum in the rain. It's frying the trees from the top down. So they're dying from the bottom up and the top down. It's disrupting the hydrological cycle completely. So we have six months with no rain and very little humidity. We have a more electrically conductive atmosphere, which adds to more dry lightning. And we have an incendiary dust coating all the foliage. So, so many roads lead back to climate engineering. So many roads, including the, the toxification of the breathable air column, as Steve said, the radically increased Alzheimer's dementia. We have peer-reviewed study of bees with Alzheimer's and dementia now. We have peer-reviewed studies of dolphins with Alzheimer's and dementia. We have issues with whales, all peer-reviewed studies. So it's saturating the entire web of life. Well, and, and Doug, this is, this is really, how do I say this? As an investigator, you know, you had to go out and look for clues. You had to get t- testimony. You had to look for uh, the, the testimony that, uh, you know, uh, what would you say, corroborated previous testimony or negated it. All the evidence, all the evidence. And, again, here's the problem. It's more comfortable, I understand, to deny it. But to the people that are in the midst of it, for instance, the California fires, they, they cannot... Uh, uh, to them, it's not an issue of denying, and, and to the, many of them, they wouldn't even look at geoengineering. But, Dane, there were trees that were cooked on the inside and not burned on the outside. And, you know, that's that's how microwave energy works. And, please, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not trying to put a, a spin on this, but it's just like the fires in Colorado. There were eyewitnesses that saw helicopters landing and, and guys getting out and torching, uh, you know, setting fires. Well, that's on one level, but the bigger level, which we've got to make people understand tonight, is look, even the force of wind and the volume of water that is uh, taking, uh, uh, let's see, excuse me, that's in motion, for instance, in flood areas, that can have a, the ability to leak down into known faults and even unknown uh, faults and lubricate and not only cause, uh, you know, floods, but it also, there's a lot of papers and genuine Research papers done on flood water and the weight of flood water causing earthquakes. So, you know, I forget who it is. Somebody made the statement, he who controls the weather controls the world. You know, Henry Kissinger's famous one about, you know, he who controls food. It's beyond that. The food production, and this is what people have got to understand. The Dust Bowl, did you see the article? I may have sent it to you that they're claiming a Dust Bowl is headed for the Midwest again, equal to Oklahoma, that's expected to last for 35 years and, and have we not seen this in the past i'm just curious it, it, but not yes okay all right right but not on the great dust bowl days so uh, i what's what's tragic is that the temperatures and by the way this is something that i think people really need to understand and these patents go into great detail they can you know and lasers can be used to superheat and they can also be used to super cool 
And I'm talking super cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, one of the reasons why you see the Arctic and the Antarctic having issues is not just because of the volcanism, which is very real, but all of these uh, uh, electromagnetic pulses that are being beamed around the world. And, and, Dane, one of my concerns has always been, 20 years ago, I said, what happens when all these things intersect, meaning all these beam angles intersect, and then they become reflected off the ionosphere? What is going to be, uh, you know, the outcome? And I think we're seeing the outcome. Do you want to deal, if you would, just address the intersecting beam angles of the electromagnetic uh, weaponry that's being used in the electromagnetic warfare? First, let me back up, and I have a, a couple questions. First, I have a couple questions for, or a question for Doug and Joe as well. Let me get right. to, to uh, one point here first. On the on the atmospheric heating, of course, when we're moving particles around, when we're using microwave, microwave we're getting a lot, of, a lot of background noise. You guys getting that too? Is yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, I can hear it, but uh, no, 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 we can work through it. Yeah, we're, our end is quiet. So, um, the obviously, when you're microwaving the atmosphere, as Steve correctly stated, obviously you're going to generate additional heat. It's also important for people to understand and remember, though, we we're, we survive on this ball of rock spinning in space because it has an atmosphere that traps a certain specific amount of heat here. When you alter the energy balance of the planet, whatever the source that alters it should be considered a form of geoengineering. Anything that alters the energy balance, all forms of human activity that affect the energy balance alter the amount of heat that will be trapped here, including everything Steve just stated. And when a report, as Steve stated, states something will happen in 35 years, don't let that pacify you because we do not have 35 years. I want to make that absolutely crystal clear. On the current course, without a complete alteration of that course, none of us will be here in 35 years. None of us. Likely none of us in 25 or 20 or 15. Ten years is, is the time horizon right now at the current nonlinear trajectory if we do not change courses in which it is likely human extinction may occur. And I'm not the only one to state that. There are, other, there are a few other frontline researchers that are stating exactly the same. That's a mathematical equation. It's not an opinion. We've already lost 60% of Earth's wildlife populations in the last 40 years. We're losing two to 300 species of plant, animal, and insect to extinction every single day. We've, already, we've reported at Geoengineering Watch for several years that we've seen a 90% decline in aquatic and terrestrial insects in Northern California, and we finally had corroboration of that from German researchers who stated 80% of their insects have declined there. If the insects don't make it, we're not going to make it, and the insects are completely, completely imploding. So the bottom line is, for anybody who looks at a study that says such and such will happen in, in 2050 or 2060 or whenever it states, that is a completely fictitious report because in the current trajectory, we won't be here. Steve, or Joe and, and, and Doug, my question for you, from the, from the Christian community, what I hope, what I hope for is that the congregations will begin to hold their pastors accountable to force them to face this issue because what we are seeing now across the board, and this is no reflection on Christianity, none at all, it's simply a reflection of pastors who are not willing to live up to scripture, that they are not addressing this issue because they're afraid of losing their 501c3s. Have you guys, Doug and Joe, have you seen this sort of 
willingness to hide from the truth from certain pulpits? Every day, every place, just about every one. I don't want to lump everyone into it, but but Dane, you know, we can't. We we are not able to um, uh, talk, uh, convince five hundred one c three pastors, the majority of them, to to speak out against uh, perversion, you know, uh, sexual perversion, uh, some of the hot social topics. Or condemnation, for example, of Chrislam. So, uh, to me, and Steve, I don't know what your thoughts on this, but to me... Well, I I think here's the thing, Dane. I'll tell you this. In my opinion, and I think I'm realistic, I'd say 95% of uh, that which professes to be Christian has no uh, relationship to historic Christianity. Obviously, Christians were involved in their community. Jesus made this statement, and I don't think most Christian pastors even listen to him, is the fact that if the days weren't shortened, there'd be no flesh left alive. My own accelerated time reference, just for your, we haven't talked about this, but I don't see how this thing, outside of miracles, and miracles happen when people move, and uh, move in faith, and I want to share something, ladies and gentlemen, when when you make something your passion, as Dane has, and this isn't a mutual admiration society, one man can change the world, but he needs your help, he needs to be able to impart everything that he has learned. I mean, the guy's up on Mount Shasta measuring snow temperatures. I mean, and I can tell you this, he doesn't sit on his keyboard and, and, and he goes out. And so the idea that that we have 25, 35 years, Dane, from my mouth to your ear, I want to share something. I believe at the accelerated rate of the technology, especially, actually I should say, especially, meaning S-P-A-C-E, and the weapons platforms that I am aware of by those people who uh, have been on those platforms and have manned those, they basically are, are saying, we don't even know. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a story. This illustrates your, an answer to your question. I talked to uh, a friend of mine who's a source of great information. He said some of the uh, uh, generals who are loyal Americans are dismayed at the rapid breakdown of of what's going on, not only in the atmosphere, but on the political scene and everything. And see, I don't think people get it. If the, if everything is destroyed, they're not going to eat, unless, of course, everything that everyone's alive turns into soil and green at some point. But it's really, it's, it's even shocking. So let me say this, and I, I want everybody to know this. I'm on record as saying it's not 35, it's not 25 years. At the rate of acceleration of the technology and the given and stated goals of the globalists to decrease the world's population by 90%. I believe, Dane, that ultimately, ultimately, all of the chemtrails, all the geoengineering, all of that combined will produce basically a catastrophic extinction-level event that will take place in three phases. Number one, when they kick it into high gear, and it is my contention that's being kicked into high gear now, okay? The back-to-back hurricanes, all of the situation with the oceans, the krill, the plankton, the uh, lowest rung on the food ladder, the uh, if you will, and this is something that the dumb scientists, or at least they're not dumb, but they're they're scared to death, ladies and gentlemen. Some of the whales and some of the mammals, the porpoises, the dolphins, the whales, the sharks.
works. All of all of those issues are, are excuse me, all those species are showing up with uh, with basically uh, tumors, and they're not just because of what's in the water. They're being scorched. They're being bleached, and and even the things that are in the water. You know, it's a negative. It's a it, forgive me. It's a perfect balance of pH and alkalinity, and even that's changing, Dane. Because as you know, all of this chemtrail. Uh, uh, um, excuse me. These components they precipitate out, and they end up in the water. They end up in the ocean, and then it turns into, I would say, a cycle of uh, unintended consequences. Only unintended from the standpoint these guys knew what they were trying to do, but what they can't factor in are the unknowns. And now the unknowns are kicking in. So I don't mean to sound like I'm trying to skirt any issues, but I believe we have less than seven years. Can I just ask a question to, to, to either one of you? Um, and and th- this is one of the biggest questions I get from emails after shows like this. The question is this. How do the elites, if you will, expect to survive when others won't, given that, that we all live on the same planet? If they, if they know about this, or, or is it, or are they just so full of themselves that they, they don't care. What's I mean? Well, number one, they're, they're, they have underground bases that are beyond most people's idea of even what an underground base is. We're talking about bases, uh, for instance, like the Russian uh, Yamanatu Mountain, where you fly airplanes in it. So we're not talking about you know tunnels where you crawl on your belly. But haven't you seen Doug, Dane, and Joe all the stories of the billionaires' bunkers and the guys headed to New Zealand? And oh, it's yeah. kind of like the old '60s movie on the beach. That was the place that everybody wanted to head to into the southern you know southern hemisphere to avoid the nuclear radiation in the northern hemisphere after a nuclear war. Yeah, the, the question I asked was for the benefit of not receiving, you know, uh, the thousand emails of that question. So, uh, it, but thanks for explaining that. So, so they, they've made preparations, is what you're saying? Absolutely, they have made preparations, and they they are interestingly enough, they all the mega yacht guys are settled, are sailing or powering into uh, New Zealand. They're headed into the South Pacific. They're headed to places in the Ural Mountains. They're headed to some of the most remote parts of the world. So they know what's coming. And guess what? Anything they generate in the way of a biological or a viral pathogen, they already have, uh, you know, the antigens for or the uh, solutions for. So the point is, is that anything that they plan, they always seem to think that they can escape it. That is my answer, Dane. Care to comment? I, I wouldn't dispute anything you stated. Certainly we know that dumbs exist. The deep underground military bases exist. They're being stocked up. We know this. We checked with some of the largest freeze-dried food suppliers on the planet that were off retail for a time because they told us themselves they were stocking up these bunkers. So these bunkers do exist. On the seven-year time frame, and I wouldn't argue with that, Steve, the one thing I would add to it is to understand for those listening that that doesn't mean life goes along like it is. And I know you didn't mean this. I'm just clarifying it for the listeners. It doesn't mean that st- things stay business as usual seven years. Things are already right now at the point where the power structure is so pressured and so panicked that they could overturn our reality tomorrow. They could alter the mix in the aerosol spray dispersions. And and for people to call it that, too, I, uh, to, to use engineered trail, particulate trail, something 
that is a scientific-based term keeps us from being marginalized. And I, you guys know that I avoid the chemtrail term for that reason, not amongst personal conversations, but when you're dealing with journalists and so forth. But if they altered the mix in those particular dispersions tomorrow, we would all be done that fast if they chose to. And they may be that desperate right now. In regard to the bunkers and how long they can live there, and then to answer uh, the other question as to why, on the current trajectory, we are in a path for what is termed Venus Syndrome. And again, this is not about Mr. Gore or carbon credit shams. It's about reality. It's about the damage that's been done. It's about the feedback loops that have been triggered, including massive methane releases that are happening in the Arctic right now. If this current trajectory continues, they will not live for long in those bunkers because this planet will resemble Venus in the geologic blink of an eye. And for those who think that Venus is 900 degrees on the ground because it's proximity to the sun, that is not the case. All things being equal, Venus would be 20 degrees warmer than Earth. That's not much. And based on the data we have right now, we believe we are already past 3.5 degrees C of warming right now. We are pilots. I communicate directly with private Learjet pilots and commercial pilots that are telling me the only thing they are seeing in altitude is positive temperatures anom temperature anomalies, far above normal temperatures. So the only place we see any cool-downs, based on the processes I already outlined, is on the surface, shallow layers of chemical ice-nucleated cool-down zones that are keeping the severity of climate damage hidden at the cost of making it worse. And back to the why part, answering the why. Why would they and do Dave, this to themselves? Dane, yep. I'm sorry. Dane, we are up against the break. I don't mean to cut you off, but this is yeah. a we'll, we'll stop right in between there. We are talking with Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com and Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org. Make sure you check and bookmark both of those sites, as Steve has some of the top news and information and alerts on his site on a daily basis. And Dane keeps track. There's so much research on, on, on geoengineeringwatch.org. You could read for days on there. Bookmark both those sites. We'll be right back with both gentlemen on the other side. Don't go anywhere. This edition of the Hagman Report 2, just stellar guest, stevequail.com, stevequail from stevequail.com, Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org. The links to both sites in the program description. Please pass this broadcast to your friends, your family, coworkers. This is such an important topic. Um, we, we, I don't want to take one second away from either guest. Dane, you were in the middle of, uh, of a sentence when we cut you off because of the network break. You've got, both of you have the rest of this hour unmolested, unfettered. So Dane, gonna kick it back to you. Continue your, your thoughts, sir. Just want to answer your question before, Joe. Thank you for the, uh, the opportunity to finish that. And in regard to the why would they do this themselves again, I would compare it to a cancer. I've made that comparison in the past. Does a cancer intend to kill its host? No, it intends to proliferate without consideration of the host dying. The host, in this case, planet Earth, if the oceans die, we die. If the trees die, we die. If the ozone layer collapses, we die. If we have no habitat left, we die. All of that is happening now at blinding speed. And at this point, the 
feedback loops, and that's what's so important to consider, that once you start certain dominoes falling, you can't turn them off. And now, for your listeners, if they looked at, I, I think, Doug and Joe, you guys, and Steve, I, I think you guys have all seen the methane blowout craters that are happening in Siberia. Have you guys seen photographs of those? Absolutely. And, and you know, Ashley talked about that, Dane, almost 10, 15 years ago with Stan Deo on, on these shows because people don't understand what happens when methane hydrate basically thaws instantly, you know, in the explosive capacity, especially in the oceans. And that's happening, too. But the craters are happening all over the world. You're exactly correct. And the, and the craters that are very shocking, your listeners can look those up if they just search Siberian methane craters, they'll see these massive blowouts that are occurring. There's about 10,000 as of the latest count, and they're even bigger on the seafloor. So this methane is migrating in the case of the seafloor blowouts. It migrates through the water column, hits the atmosphere, it's lighter than air, goes upward, it's covering the planet like a layer of glass. Again, climate engineering has been such a core causal factor, not the only factor, but a core causal factor. Back to the what's happening in the polar regions, as you mentioned earlier, Steve, we have geoengineering has radically altered, as you correctly stated, Steve, no natural weather. You're exactly right. So climate engineering has radically altered upper-level wind currents. That's in turn altered ocean currents. We now have warm water going places it should not be, like the polar regions. It's melting the ice from the bottom up. Shredded ozone layers melting it from the top down. This system is so complex, and they have thrown such a massive wrench into it. And again, other forms of human activity, too. We've, we've cut down the forests. We've paved the planet. We've poisoned the oceans. Lots of damage to go around. But the intentional climate intervention, the worst, most lethal, most immediate threat we face, short of climate intervention, or short of nuclear cataclysm, excuse me. One of the things that, excuse me, that people are asking me, Dane, all the time, and I get a lot of emails because I deal with what's going on in Antarctica, and there, there is an energy source coming, emanating from the area, basically, that's, that's west, uh, northwest of Antarctica, that's having a lot of commotion, producing a lot of inclement weather in the Atlantic, especially off the area of the Sahel, or Sahel, the area where most hurricanes form on the west coast of Africa. But what also is interesting is up until just, oh, let's say a couple months ago, the Canary Islands had a few earthquakes, but they never had hundreds. And I think the key for everyone understanding and really starting to put their minds around what you and I are talking about tonight, Dane, is they they have got to recognize this, that there is a group of entities that cares not for the destruction of the planet as long as they're safe. They, they're so ignorant, excuse me, not ignorant, they're arrogant, and they believe, and they do, they have deluded themselves. That's one of the answers, Doug, to the question you get asked. When you're deceived and deluded, you believe you're invincible until you find out that, hey, having your throat cut doesn't uh, ensure your longevity. The same thing with famine. One of the things that, that Dane, when I was one of the guys responsible, just putting this into perspective, for getting people to be concerned about uh, storing food, you know, getting into alternative uh, food programs like uh, hydroponics and everything from any way you could grow food and, and making the statement. Now, 
I know this, people have got to understand, there, if any food is grown outside, even with heirloom seeds, with all of the, uh, the chemical and the genetic manipulation going on, coupled with the scatter, if you will, of the beam angle of electromagnetic weapons, there really is no such thing as organic anymore, unless it is in a greenhouse. Saying that is still better than the options, but when, when, the correlation between life and the sustaining of life, I believe, is totally absent from the American mindset. The people who live through, and most of them are dead or dying now, the Dust Bowl, I don't think people understand that the wheat areas of the Kansas, and obviously the whole, uh, uh, if you will, the area that has produced just record crops, Iowa, these areas were hit dramatically. And now what's going on in California, where obviously you are, the the breadbasket of, of the United States is pretty well in the, what is it, the Central Valley? And so we've got all sorts of deformations, deformed, I mean, whether they're uh, orange orchards, whether they're apple orchards, whether they're people who used to raise flowers in their garden, now everything's being burnt, and I, I think it's important that people understand this. The idea of going out and sunbathing, look, uh, go to a tanning bed if you got to do that. But I don't think people understand, and I believe it was Stan Deo 10 years ago that brought forth the fact that the sun was emitting a new form of energy. It wasn't an X-ray. It wasn't a cosmic ray. And so when we're talking about what we're uh, discussing tonight on Hagman and Hagman, I would think twice about that, and I'd also have your sunglasses really, really prevalent. I'd even choose the time of day you go out. Now, look, I'm not saying everybody goes into caves and becomes hermits, but, you know, there are there are solar radiation warnings, are there not, Dane? And I think people better start paying attention to them because their lives are on the line. They're on the firing line. They are. In regard to anything that may be happening, cause, happening cosmologically, it's important we remember the Occam's razor principle and the cause and effect that we know is happening within the biosphere and the atmospheric damage that's occurring, again, from countless sources, but most specifically from climate engineering regarding ozone destruction and, the, as you correctly stated, Steve, the mutations that are being seen, the band of UV radiation that's now hitting us on the, the surface – UVC, not just UVA and UVB, but UVC. For the listeners that don't know, that's the last band of UV radiation before X-ray. So we're at the 270 nanometer band of UVC. That's a DNA-altering band of UV radiation. Extremely harmful, especially to the human organism. It's here now. It's not coming. It's happening, and official agencies are not disclosing this. We are trying desperately to disclose it at geoengineeringwatch.org. We're trying to get data out of official agencies like NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and our attorneys recently filed a lawsuit against the Department of Commerce in D.C. to try to force NOAA to give us the Freedom of Information Act requests, which we're, we've solicited for, and they have not produced, illegally not produced. And... If we get back to uh, Doug and Joe, I want to get back to one question with you two. And moving past not just the Christian pastors that are worried about their 501s, but in every other group that has 501s. And we have, as far as spiritual traditions, whether it's Mormons, Muslims, Buddhists, 
we're seeing the same from their leaders as well. We're seeing a, a unwillingness to face this most dire truth and the environmental groups, back to the 501c3s, the environmental groups are displaying unimaginable hypocrisy, all of them, across the board. And our attorneys have communicated with their attorneys, with few exceptions, whether it's Greenpeace, Sierra Club, NRDC, all of them, Earth Justice, none of them, none of them will stand with us and face this most dire issue. So what does that amount to in the case of the spiritual traditions or the environmental groups it amounts to, in each case, each group or each leader of each group mowing the lawn while the house is burning to the ground. How much sense does that make? They're ignoring the single greatest threat of all. And that's something we need to consider. So I didn't mean to, to in any way pick on, uh, and I'm not picking on Christianity. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the so-called leaders in every group, including the environmental groups, that are absolutely behaving with unimaginable hypocrisy. No, Dane, and that's a, a great point because it, I mean, we see it so much in churches where pastors are willing to forego the truth and the teachings of scripture and the foundational teachings that Jesus left us with, uh, for money and, and for the pursuits of money. And it's really unfortunate. And it is not just, um, faith leaders and, and 501c3s in the Christian side. As you said, many groups, uh, from political action groups, same thing. It is the same. Well, I think, I think, you know, let me just say this. Here's, here's the, the bottom line, Dane, I used to overuse that term all the time on the radio, but, but everything, the case that you present, you can have a hundred points of evidence and the guy that has, well, I don't believe it. His belief, number one, he, his disbelief, not his belief, his disbelief will be the cause of his own demise. And I, I coined a term and I stand by it, uh, dumb unto death. Now I've modified it to be dumb unto destruction. By the way, Dane, I just sent you from a friend of mine who emailed me in real time the atmospheric cosmic ray index between the 10th and 11th of November, obviously, you know, uh, 10 days ago, of 2017. Just in California alone, the cosmic ray index was up 37.4% beyond normal. So if that now continues, again, it is. And whatever we face, though, if we've destroyed our natural protective atmosphere, uh, how many ways will that affect us? The ways you described? Also, we have, for those that are correctly worried about Fukushima, a, a nuclear cataclysm with no end in sight, back to the destroyed atmosphere, back to climate engineering being the single greatest causal factor. What happens when we get a large CME now, a large coronal mass ejection now, and it shuts down grids all over the globe, and we have nuclear plants going into meltdown all over the globe? What happens at that point in time? And I think people need to uh, consider that one as well. Again, the, the intervention in Earth's natural systems has been an ongoing and rapidly accelerating Cataclysm, and there's uh, the Im immediateness of what we face uh, absolutely can't be overstated. And as far as what we do about this, Steve, you've seen some of our, our latest our informational materials that we we encourage people. We offer the links for free. I mean, the free downloadable links for our 20-page booklet and our flyer to to make this point to people that if you're willing to help us in this battle, willing to help the entire web of life in this battle, you need to have credible data to pass along. 
And we make those links available for anyone anywhere to download and print their own. We simply want to make it as easy as possible for people to have credible data to pass on. And when you have inarguable NASA satellite images that show the most shocking atmospheric modification that's inarguable, you don't need to know anything about meteorology. But uh, Doug and Joe and Steve, you guys have all seen those materials, our most recent materials, have you not? Yeah, and, and let me just put a word in. Ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you this, that the logic and the layout and the presentation is superb. And and I think that, uh, and I will do this, but Doug, you and I need to put a link up for Dane for that information because it's critical. And Dane, I want to share something with you. I don't think in any way you're picking on Christians because God even made the statement, quote, unquote, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, not because they don't see it, but because they reject it. Well, if you carry that into even, uh, uh, you know the battles you've fought, you know the denial, you know the, the ridicule, scorn, that goes with the territory. But what is almost unfathomable to me are the people that are suffering from such deleterious, deadly health effects, and they're dying before their time. They're being dismissed by the medical community, especially the Morgellons. You want to hear a story that'll make you just cry and your eyes won't stop. It's the story of people who have suffered from literally nanofilaments coming out of their scalp and other parts of their body. And they, they go to doctors and, you know, look, here's something, ladies and gentlemen, you got to understand. We are part and parcel to the biggest biological experiment going on in the history of the world right now with geoengineering. Every single report is monitored by them. Uh, you know, uh, somebody wrote a book years ago on biological warfare, and I forget the author, but it was called A Higher Form of Killing. Well, you know, if I were to write a book, and I'm not going to on this, I'd put even a higher form of killing because they are killing the planet. And Fukushima, I want to make this statement, Fukushima, there are, there are there were YouTube videos, I don't know if any of you saw them, of literally four beams going into the reactor, even after, the obviously, the tidal wave had hit. So there was an initiation of uh, what was called neutron flux. And by the way, you know, people claim, well, that's just a Star Trek term. Well, who do you think gave it to Star Trek? So in essence, Dane, it, they got by with a lot of help from their friends. And uh, the, the ridicule and scorn concerning the extinction-level event, I mean, right now in the Pacific Ocean, I think you either sent it to me or I sent it to you or we both saw it at the same time, is the fact that there are nets going out to try and go into the areas of known fisheries and they're coming up empty. And that's what people have got to understand, the heartbreak of the whales beaching the dolphins. And by the way, you know, the point is, is that the harmony that, in my opinion, that was so present even even before geoengineering kicked into high gear was a beautiful thing. By the way, uh, Michio Kaku made the statement, there are no blue skies anymore. And the reason why is the literal uh, color of the sky, the diffraction of the sun, the water vapor is being taken out of, of, of the atmosphere. And you know there are rivers, and that's why you can, uh, rivers of water in the atmosphere, upper atmosphere, and you can steer those, you can direct them, you can use the technology. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you have such incredible droughts, such incredible floods, and it is going to affect you. It's going to affect me, my grandchildren, your grandchildren. And for the record, Dane, I'm not saying we only have 
perhaps seven years to live. But what I am saying is it's going to accelerate in a way that is going to basically start to make people go mad. You know this as well as I do. The human brain operates with, and I'm talking about even the web bots, I think from 10 years ago, we're talking about the sun disease, the solar disease. Just as people respond to a full moon and the gravitational effects on Earth, the tides and everything, that's where the word lunatic comes from, the greater um, influence of the irradiation from the sun, it's going to offset, and as a magnetosphere and the other Van Allen belt, the things that were created for our protection from to keep the cosmic rays, you destroy the ozone, and I'm telling you what, I don't know if I could come up with a new term, but you're going you're gonna to have solar zombies, there we go, okay, solar zombies, and it's going to be legit, because the, the natural, if you will, equilibrium of the brain's electrical system is going to be disturbed in such a way that literally, to, to make a statement, and I'll back this up, combined with the chemicals they're spraying the atmosphere, combined, they're going to short out the human brain, because uh, I read uh, one of the autopsy reviews from, I think it was John Hopkins, and the presence of heavy metals, you know, aluminum and barium and strontium, were so present in the autopsies that they quit doing the autopsies, I think they're called uh, ne necroscopy autopsies of the brain, and, and they just quit doing it because it was showing up to be too, how should I say this, problematic and pointing the finger at geoengineering and quote-unquote chemtrails. Geoengineering is a better term, but initially it started out as chemtrails. Now we can just call it geoengineering warfare against the human race. Go ahead. Well, certainly there's no arguing what you stated, Steve. The human brain is already, quote-unquote, shorting out, as you stated. IQs are dropping precipitously. Many people don't realize that. That's a, a scientific fact. And in, in regard to the the semantics we use, again, the reason I point this out, did, did uh, Joe and, and Doug and Steve, did you guys see where they marginalized Senator Kelly Ward from Arizona? They called her Kim Trails Kelly. Did you see that? No. Yeah. Yes, I yeah, I did. And I thought it was a spoof when I first saw it. But go ahead. No. No, it's real. And this is this is a case in point. And many and many of the articles you see where some mainstream source will do its bidding for the power structure and try to marginalize this issue. What you'll note is the only term they use is chemtrails, the only term. And in the case of chemtrails Kelly, the point I I've made on a on one of my broadcasts is that if if she had gone to a anti-geoengineering meeting, or an anti-climate engineering meeting, they would not have called her climate engineering Kelly or geoengineering Kelly, but because of the chemtrails term, and I know it's a descriptive term, I understand that it fits, it certainly fits, but we're playing chess. We need to play well. We need to beat them at their own game, and they can't marginalize us if we use the, the science terms, if you will. And, and as far as sharing data, what I wanted to point out to people is for no cost at all, if you have these links, like I think I've sent to... to Joe and Doug and, and Steve, and you can find them on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. If you have these links to the full PDFs to our real, really condensed and extremely compelling climate engineering fact and photo summary booklet, if you have those links with no cost at all from your home computer, you can email those to anybody you want, and they have a full summary that's all laid out with, with the facts and photos they need to make clear that this is real. So many people don't know what to do, how to do it, if they need to go stand in a corner somewhere with a sign. No, you don't need to do that. In fact, that's often not very effective. But if you email a credible letter to groups, organizations, and individuals, elected officials, 
a very well-crafted letter. In fact, we have that already done at geoengineeringwatch.org as well, an intro letter. It's already done. Everything's done. Links, the, everything's set up there on their upper left column of the homepage. It's all set to go. All you have to do is mail them to those around you in your home region, and you can, from your own home computer, without spending anything, do an immense amount of good for raising awareness. And I would, I would make that point clear. The only chance we have of stopping climate engineering, the only chance, is by reaching a critical mass of awareness so we can stop it from the inside out by bringing this issue so into the light of day that those in the military that are participating, who are being told they're doing something for the greater good, which is an absolute blatant lie, that they understand they're killing their own families with the rest of us by engaging in these programs. So the only way forward is to reach a critical mass of awareness, and every single one of us is needed in that battle. Well, Dane, I sent you an article today, and I think most people who have been on my website would have seen it. A conspiracy no more. U.S. government openly needs to discuss future, I'm sorry, future of chemtrails geoengineering. And here's, I'm just going to read two paragraphs. Wednesday marked the first time U.S. government openly acknowledged and discussed the reality of chemtrails, or as they and their ilk call it, notice the word ilk, geoengineering. Politicians and members of various fields, uh, fields convened in the U.S. for the U.S. Uh, Subcommittee on Envir Environment and Subcommittee on Energy Hearing discussing everything from funding the controversial sky spraying operations to closely regulating them to prevent significant damage to the public. That's like, uh, that's like you said. That's like mowing your lawn as your house is on fire and, uh, you know, or, or going back and looking at uh, what used to be your animals that were burned in a barn when you didn't let them out of the barn at the first sign there might be trouble. So it, what's fascinating me, uh, you know, is this is, to my knowledge, one of the first times they've ever, and by the way, this was reported, I believe, in the Sacramento Bee also. So the thing that is, you guys, this is what I've always said. When they've accomplished their goal, that which they've kept in black budgets, black operations, black proposals, they'll bring it out and tell you it was a good thing. As as if, you know, well, gee, we did it for your sake. And I agree, Dane. I pray. I call on every single aviator. I call on everybody who's got a conscience. You're getting up in age where you're going to have to give account for your life when you close your eyes for the last time. The point is, is stop this. Stop this madness. Now, do I believe they'll stop it? I believe we'll have, a, if you will, a, a blocking effect. But again, Dane, they are so far gone. And here's the deal. We are staying, and, and not you, but the general public still doesn't look up and believe that the geoengineering effects in the sky are are even, you know, what we're telling them. And then I have a I have a thought on the whole thing of why that guy drew, you know, the Navy pilot drew a phallus in the sky. Actually, I think two of them. The point is, is that I think he was basically uh, telling people did know that you're in deep trouble using the S word. Now, that may sound funny, but I can tell you this, that um, most people can't embrace symbolism anymore, and the idea of, of how truly late it is in the game. Now, look, I don't believe in giving up, or I would have got off to talk radio day two, okay? 
But when you said the uh, the intelligence, the ability to think and reason has also been interfered with by, if you will, the mixture of the geoengineered precipitate that falls out into the water. And I don't know if you guys saw this, Doug, Joe, and Dane, but 4,000 municipalities around the country, the water's not fit to drink. Then you mix the chemtrail, let's call it a substrate, or let's call it whatever, the fallout from geoengineering, and you mix that with excreted pharmaceuticals, you've got the sum of all fears. And so the idea is, ladies and gentlemen, Dana's provided a wonderful set of resources. I would encourage you, if you, if you just, you know, just print them out and then make a couple copies and then give them out if someone's interested or you see someone looking up at the sky pay attention to your surroundings and I, Dane, I do this when people are shaking their heads saying, man, what are all these jets doing overhead? I said they're geoengineering the planet that's why the weather. Now, obviously, if they're if they're smart enough to look up, my guess is, and they're they're puzzled. Maybe that's a good opening to share. But again, ladies and gentlemen, we have to get everyone's attention as to the lateness of the hour. Now, I want to share something too. This isn't within. I don't think uh, Dane's uh, uh, area that he he addresses. But every day now, uh, from different space mouthpieces, whether it's never a straight answer. NASA or whatever, they're talking about geoforming and basically making other planets habitable. Now, here's the hypocrisy, Dane. They're talking about terraforming Mars at the same time they're uh, destroyforming the planet Earth. So what I find is interesting is the absolute uh, inaneness, I-N-A-N-E-S-S, I think that's the word, of of talking about terraforming other planets when they're deforming this planet. It is such a strident and striking contrast of just absolute, in my opinion, absolute insanity, but that's who's behind the program for geoengineering, but an intelligence that wants to destroy the world, and I believe that obviously is the literal devil, because again, we have the idea, and it's been in Christendom, but also, you can't ex- you can't escape good and evil, uh, even in, in non-Christian pagan tribes in the jungles of New Guinea, you, you can't escape it anywhere, good spirits, evil spirits, but I'll tell you one one thing, when anybody can't eat, that's not a sign, usually a blessing, and when there's no water, and that's what's tragic, not, it's the water that's, that's still in this country, it's being poisoned, and unfortunately, the water is everything, water's life, but the equation has not settled in to the average American, in my opinion, and, and again, if you ask me, and I'll ask you this, I'll ask you this, what percent, Dane, in your opinion, of America's population even really understands what's at stake here. Would you care to put a percentage on it? I think that would be very difficult for this reason. Even those who think they understand the severity and immediacy of what's unfolding do not. And I gauge their actions as the measure of them not fully understanding because they have not yet prioritized this greatest fight for life. It starts with every breath we take. Every single breath we take is tainted, as you correctly stated, Steve, with the fallout from climate engineering. And Doug and Joe, I, I, I would ask with your with any congregations that you're familiar with, I, I would hope that 
uh, and maybe you're familiar with some that have already congregations that have taken the step toward their pastors, holding their pastors accountable, passing on credible data, waking up the rest of the congregation. And, and what I would, let me finish a quick statement, then I'll give this to, to you, Joe and Doug, and you can, you can elaborate on what I stated about holding pastors accountable, but also to hold accountable again, local meteorologists, local journalists, officials, and when you email them credible data, I would suggest, and this is what I do, I CC as many other credible local citizens, community leaders, I openly CC them, as many as possible, 50, 60, 70, so that the person, whether it's an elected official, whether it's the owner of a newspaper or a anchorman on a TV news show, which I've had a lot of exchanges with those people, so that they know many others are seeing that conversation and many others are seeing that they've been given credible data and now have no excuse for not facing or acknowledging this issue. And I also point this out to them, and you have to frame this very carefully. I point out to them that once the public is fully awakened to this issue, that certainly they will be in a sense of justifiable rage and they will then, I can only imagine, hold those who help to hide the climate engineering by towing the official narrative, that they will hold such people legally and morally accountable. And I openly point this out. And you have to frame this correctly. We're not threatening them with any sort of unlegal action. We're pointing out that in Nuremberg-type trials, such people should and hopefully will be held accountable for their part in the climate criminal climate engineering cover-up. And that includes many, many individuals in many agencies and offices and vocations. And Dane, we have not, I have not personally got into a discussion with pastors pertaining to geoengineering. And thankfully, through this show, most of the pastors that I deal with anymore are already understanding of that. But just to give you a quick example of what I went through personally with a church that I was a member of my whole life, after the church of the Presbyterian Church I went to decided to take a vote on accepting homosexual marriage and homosexual clergymen, there was a a big uproar at a church, and I went and talked to my pastor about that and a a few other issues, one being the uh, NIV version of the Bible. And I was met um, with the the pastor didn't want to hear it. I, I was wrong. Um, and I had to look at things his way. And, and I understood where he was coming from at the same time. I felt like it was a very cheap cop-out. Long story short, after they allowed the homosexual clergy and marriage into the church, more than half the congregation of that church left. And I have not talked to the pastor again. He's since retired. But I'm sure that that is pretty similar a response many people get when talking with their pastor. But, but this also opens up the ability uh, for that offshoot, the new the new congregation, the new church, to right. bring materials in. And, and I and I see that as an opportunity as much as a as a as a problem. But now, now Dane, you've got materials that are easily accessible and can be handed out, uh, given provided to the pastors and the congregants. If I might add something, Doug, and I, here's the deal. I get email after email, maybe this will help you understanding, of the people that do become activists, do go to their pastors, and I would say, and again, I'll use my own percentage, my guess is less than 1% understand the ramifications of geoengineering. The people that go to their pastors and those basically are told, uh, we don't teach that here, that's not relevant. 
Well, you know, I'm sure if you told the guy at about 6 o'clock, the guy's going to come in and put a shotgun on his head and blow his head off. I'm not recommending that. I'm just using that as an extreme illustration. And if that had happened down the block, he might take you seriously. Unfortunately, the people that do. So I think your way of CCing uh, people also in the know, because, look, you, you're dealing with human nature then. The last thing one news reporter or weatherman wants is to have anybody have one up. Now, saying that, you do know that the Weather Channel and Doug, you probably know this, Joe and Dane, but the Weather Channel is owned by truly the Rothschilds, so the, the, it, this isn't a conspiracy statement. The narrative on geoengineering has been so tight and has been so controlled that the fact that I just read an article, just a, a paragraph out of it that's posted on my website about hearings on it, that's just, that's so silly now. The hearing should have been held 20 years ago. The damage has been done. And and then it goes on in that article to say they're going to try and get the present, okay, more, um, if you will, um, oh, oh, financial uh, subsidies to continue the program. It's a total fraud. Geoengineering has one stated goal in the real world, and that is the destruction of humanity and the planet. With the elite thinking, then there's all the more for them. And by the way, Dane, that was told to me by a very high-ranking dead now guy, or a dead guy, who was in the, uh, you know, a three-letter agency, and really high up. So people say, I don't believe it. I don't care what you believe. The sky is testifying against you. The hospital uh, that are being over flooded with people with pneumonia and respiratory diseases testify against you. New superbugs testify against you. Nanotubes coming out of people's heads and other parts of their body. Even the spider webs that people have, you guys have all heard of the spider webs that people see falling out of the sky. There's even a U.S. patent for that. That's on Dame Wigington's site, geoengineeringwatch.org. And I would say this, if you'll take the time just to read the abstracts, you don't have to go through every claim in the patent, you're going to have an education. You'll have a Ph.D. in reality, but you'll also have a B.Ph.D. beyond a doctorate in just how late the time is and the hour is upon us. That's how dire I believe it is, Dane. It's no, it's no scare tactic. It's no fear tactic. It's no conspiracy theory. It's not fear porn. It is absolutely the way things are playing out right now. You know, even after Fukushima, you know, people could not believe it was an extinction-level event. Now you have all the feedback, and, and Fukushima, obviously, the weather controls the uh, radiation, and, and what most people are just totally oblivious to is where the radiation, you can't just say, oh, plutonium is like cesium-137, a radioisotope. Plutonium is one of the most poisonous things in the world, with 23,000-plus years of half-life. And so now that, that's up and down the coast in specific pools, and, and I, I, I just am troubled. In Bozeman right now, by the way, today, we had 0.23 uh, centigrade uh, REMS, if you want, of uh, radiation, and typically we have 0.13 to 1.5, and after the rain, it rained here, that's when it went up. 
in the last time, and I don't know, Dane, this is a question you should probably start asking your pilot friends. I think they should all be carrying, you know, a UV meter, I'm serious, and also a radiation dosimeter, because I noticed every 10,000 feet we gained in altitude until we leveled off at 41,000 feet, I even took pictures of them and put it on my website, that we gained uh, 100, 100 uh, millirentigens or centigrades. So the, the highest reading I got at 41,000, I think, was 450. So that would be 20 times the uh, terrestrial uh, reading in Montana. There are other places that have 500.500. So the weather is affecting the dispersal of the radioactive nucleides across the planet, and that is having an effect, even on animals aborting their young, uh, uh, such hideous mutations. And again, you, you can't make this stuff up, but you can't deal with the people that don't want to know. You have to find the ones that do want to know, and then you have to encourage them, just as the quest for the truth drove you really help others to know the same thing that got your attention. So, you know, that's where we're at, in my opinion. Go ahead, Dane. Certainly, I agree with you, of course, on the complexity of this issue and the countless nefarious agendas being carried out. What I would encourage listeners to do when they're trying to share this issue with those that are, as of yet, uninformed... Got some background noise, I'm sorry. Keep To keep it simple and stick to the building blocks, the inarguable building blocks, and that will help to unite the tribes. We need the climate science community, we need other people and agencies and officials to find their courage, come out of the shadows, and join us in this fight. And if we keep, when we share data on this, we keep it to the most basic, fundamental, inarguable aspects that climate engineering is not mitigating mitigation for a, a planet that's Go, descending into an abrupt climate shift. It's actually helping to fuel that process, and the entire scope of these programs is highly toxic and unimaginably destructive to the environment. Those are basic building blocks that no one can argue, and that's where our data sticks to those building blocks so that we don't open up too wide of a, a, a battlefront going too far into too many rabbit holes where people lose their way. So if you keep it to the, the basic building blocks that can't be argued, once people make it through the door and realize, yes, this is going on, if they're capable, they'll find their, their way further into the issue. But to, to stick to the basic inarguable aspects of this is much is so much more effective and especially having material to pass on or, or email material like we already have prepared, it's so much more effective than pointing at the sky and ranting. So I would encourage people to to be effective and efficient in sharing this and have much better results. And, Steve, in regard to – I want to elaborate on what you stated on who owns what. The foxes are running the hen house, as you correctly stated. Actually, with Weather Channel, they're owned by Bain Capital and Blackstone. Weather Central is owned by Rothschild, as you stated. We have Climate Corp owned by Monsanto. We have the federal, illegal federal gag order on all the National Weather Service and no employees. They are trying in every way they can to keep this issue from public consciousness because once populations around the globe understand what's been done to them without their knowledge and consent, I would argue the paradigm will shift. Not that our problems are over, but we would unite the planet in a common cause to stop this insanity in our skies. Doug, do you want to? Yeah, uh, no, I, I think that was a, I think that was a well stated uh, 
or the well-constructed uh, statement there, Dane. Uh, now, the practical applications in moving forward to accomplish that objective includes what? Um, you mentioned many potential, um, uh, uh, the, I don't know, what, 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 what would you call it? The um, you, you, you pretty much put together some things that we could do. You have materials on your website at geoengineeringwatch.org, correct, that we could use, we could download, we can copy, we could send out, we could just keep the pressure on, correct? I mean, is there, is there anything, is there anything more that we can do that we're not doing? I guess that's my question. Or that we should be doing more of, perhaps. As we reach a higher level of awareness, other wheels start to turn on their own. When I, really in, in, in my particular trajectory 15 years ago and this issue began in, in, in my region, if you will. I mean, no no one heard anything I said. I could only hear my own voice coming back at me. And now, because of so many helping with that effort and the continuation of a effective, efficient means of sharing credible data that can't be argued, now, once they became aware, now we have attorneys working with us pro bono. Now we have, I have contacts in the Air Force. I have contacts in universities. I'm communicating with state representatives. I'm communicating with a former House Armed Services Committee member. Once you reach the level of awareness where all of these individuals and all these various posts understand they are going down with the ship along with the rest of us. This is an existential fight. They join the battle of their own accord. They pick up the baton and start to carry it of their own accord. And all these wheels begin to turn on their own. Once these people in all these arenas understand, again, their life, their children's lives are at stake. And this issue is the issue that will most immediately decide it. So it comes back to critical mass and learning how to effectively and efficiently share the most credible basic building blocks of this issue the fact that this is destroying our naturally protective atmosphere, it's contaminating every breath we take, it's poisoning the precipitation, which poisons the soils, it's disrupting weather patterns, all of these basic building blocks that make clear this is a, dis- a dismantling of Earth's natural life support processes. If it doesn't stop, we're done. But those basic facts are what you stick to when you're introducing this to others, and you'll have great success. Don't overcomplicate the issue. If they're capable, they'll find their way deeper into the rabbit hole. But that's how we unite the tribes. Sticking to the solid data is how we get the climate science community and others who know this is going on. They absolutely know. They're worried about their paychecks and pensions, but they're starting to not be so worried about that because they know also that those paychecks and pensions aren't going to matter much longer. So, again, that data is all on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. You can download links, print locally. Or you can, we're making materials available because we can print in such massive quantities, we're passing them on for our basic cost of packaging and shipping in order to help people get them out there because sometimes to print a few copies is exponentially more expensive than, you know, we can produce them for. So we're, in any way we can, we're only trying to get material into circulation. And again, the free links are there. You can, you can just email those. You can do so much from a home computer without spending a dime. Amen to that. Uh, Steve, once, once vilified, now vindicated based on your headlines. Uh, again, you were ahead of the curve. Dane Wigington, of course, at the, at the tip of the spear fighting this misinformation or, or this lack of information, I'm sorry, out there that is, is now raising awareness. Uh, Steve, uh, I'm going to kick it back to you. 
Well, Doug, you know, uh, here's the deal. When when I wrote the book, Weather Wars and Unnatural Disasters, okay, obviously that was at the, I would say, the entrance level to all this different information. I went into the background of atmospheric testing. I went into a a lot of different uh, subjects relating to this. And by the way, that book is, I I won't be reprinting it. I I think it's gone through three reprints uh, because Dane's stuff is more up to date. But for a great background, I, I would encourage people to go on my website, stevequail.com, and pick up that book, Weather Wars and Unnatural Disasters. It's interesting, you guys. When it went out of print, I saw copies going on Amazon for 200 bucks. So I'm not saying it's worth that. I'm just saying that you know, when somebody wants something, they'll pay what they want. And I would encourage people to pick that up because, again, if you understand the root of evil, you can deal with the fruit of evil. And for those of you who will email me and say, well, God controls the weather, these guys can't have it. The Bible says he taketh the wicked in their own devices. That word devices can be translated basically their own machines, their own technology. And God also says he's going to destroy those who destroy the earth. So the point is, is that even though God is the ultimate arbitrator, at least, you know, in all things uh, spiritual, and physical, the point being is is that he also expects his people to stand up. And, you know, again, I I have said this, Dane, I don't know if you've heard me say this, but the pulpits of churches, Christian churches, were never meant to be testicle-free zones, okay? Now, that may sound offensive to some people, and to those who have no testicles in the pulpit, get a different job. But the thing is, is that by standing up against this and everything else... uh, that is taking place in the ramifications of geoengineering and uh and I would say you know everybody even those who who have the statement they believe that climate change is man made have you personally encountered people that you can turn that whole um argument or statement around to say yes I believe it too but here's what's really going on because they're halfway there if they believe it's man made yet to to give them the technology has that work for you and others i'm just curious if you're speaking to me steve what i would suggest people do is to be careful of creating a dichotomous situation where we blame uh where we hang all the blame around one thing and as i stated earlier any form any form of human activity that affects the energy balance of the planet must be considered a form of geoengineering that being said The intentional climate intervention programs must be considered the greatest threat of all. And this is where we can unite the tribes. We can unite with the climate science community if we can acknowledge this simple basic fact that we recognize the planet is warming, but climate engineering is making it worse, not better. That's very simple. And back to a mantra which I've stated before as well, we should all remember. There is no legitimate discussion about the climate, none, without including climate engineering first and foremost, no legitimate discussion about climate engineering without including chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. So if we keep these, these basic uh, premises in mind, these basic mantras, it can, it can help a great deal to eliminating any frivolous arguments from people. It can help us to unite the tribes. And if people knew a few basic facts, it, you don't have to research this for 15 years as I have, as you have. If they knew a few basic facts, they would they would accomplish a great deal. For example, guys, uh, 
Joe, Doug, and Steve, we've talked about the survey that our attorneys did, I think, in the past. They, we've, we surveyed 1,500 climate scientists. Every single name and contact is published in our post on this. And your listeners can find this by going to geoengineeringwatch.org or just searching geoengineeringwatch.org survey of scientists. They'll find this, and they can find the whole list of scientists. And if they know about the survey, when someone questions this issue, then they can respond with saying, if it's not going on, why were none? of 1,500 climate scientists willing to deny that this was going on. Not one was willing to deny it. That's a very powerful statement. If people understood what a high-bypass turbofan jet engine was, that's on all commercial aircraft, all military tankers, jet-powered fan, by design, nearly incapable of producing any condensation trail except under the rarest and most extreme circumstances, if they understood that basic point, they could argue the, the great deception of the contrail. That's the, the Perhaps the greatest deception ever propagated on populations around the globe, that this is a contrail. It's not. There are particulate dispersions. But if people knew a few basic facts, if they had a little bit of data to pass on to go with it, they would not be able to be marginalized. If they use the climate science terms, can't be marginalized. Again, we're playing chess. We need to learn to play effectively and efficiently. You're absolutely right, Dane. And I wanted to ask you to go back to something you mentioned earlier that I caught, but I don't know that I'm familiar with it, and I'm not sure how much of our audience is either. I know the founder of the Weather Channel has uh, is a very outspoken critic of the Al Gore uh, man-made global warming climate change science. What did you say about the Weather Channel and gag orders? Well, first, the gag order is on all National Weather Service and all NOAA employees. In regards to John Coleman, that's who you're speaking about, the founder of the Weather Channel. It's interesting that his opinion is even paid attention to in regard to any mention of the climate when he has no degree whatsoever in any realm of climate science. He has a degree in journalism. And there's there's a few cast of characters, there's about five or six, who make it their mission to try to confuse and divide the population on the true state of the climate. So-called Lord Moncton is one, and I would challenge anyone to look up Lord Moncton's rap sheet. He's claimed such a long list of things that it's astounding that anybody believes anything he says. And in regard to anybody who claims to be fighting climate engineering who would listen to Lord Moncton, who states on the record that climate engineering isn't happening, why would we pay attention to somebody like Lord Moncton or somebody like John Coleman who has a degree in journalism? It doesn't matter that he was, quote-unquote, the founder of Weather Channel. He has no background there whatsoever. So people need to research. That's my point. And we have a few characters who, whose job it is to muddy the water and completely confuse the population on this issue. That's not helping us to stop climate engineering. And I would, I would challenge people to pay attention on what's happening around them. The temperatures are going off the charts. In fact, we're about to have a record warm uh, western two-thirds of the country yet again, and that's going to get worse rapidly. So the bottom line is, instead of the population arguing about what the particular causes of the warming are at this point, let's all acknowledge the fact that the, the planet is absolutely in meltdown. Climate engineering is making it worse, not better. And if we can expose and halt climate engineering, we can discuss other aspects of the equation later. But in First and foremost, if we want to be around long, we have to unite in the common cause of exposing and halting climate engineering. So when people like John Coleman, who, by the way, also adamantly denies on-the-record climate engineering. So this is my point with people who claim to be fighting climate engineering. John Coleman from the Weather Channel, Lord Moncton. We have people that 
claim to be anti-climate engineering activists who push these people, the very people who deny climate engineering. How does that equate? So we, we need to do our research on anything we post, anything we share, make sure it's solid, make sure it's credible, and make sure it's not harming the climate engineering cause. Amen. Uh, we, gentlemen, we've got about four minutes left of this, uh, of the show. So, uh, Steve, I'm going to kick it to you for closing comments. Well, number one, I think what Dana's produced, excuse me, Doug, for everybody, excuse me. Sorry about that. What Dana's produced for everyone is, is a highly bottom line version of the points that you need to understand. It's free, ladies and gentlemen, and instead of going out and making this a 15-year study, you get the distilled version. You get the bottom line stuff. And so I'd encourage everybody to bookmark geoengineeringwatch.org and go on there daily. And I, Dane, are you putting out your uh, uh, YouTube videos every day or every couple days? It's as often as, as I can based on all my other responsibilities in the battle. I do this 80 hours a week. It's all I do. I, I don't remember what my life was like before this battle, and I won't stop until we assist you to light, but I, I do it as often as I can, Steve. Okay, but what I'm trying to say to everyone, and I would encourage you this, you know, when you're in business and you have a financial statement, at the end of the year, you get a P&L, a profit and loss. I want you to think of this as your personhood and your livelihood, P&L. And I want you to go to the bottom line that uh, basically Dane has laid out. I think it is, and I'm saying this as a filmmaker and a writer, but I think it's probably some of the most articulate and wonderful, uh, the most wonderful presentation of the whole issue of geoengineering. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have 15 years. And, and look, I want to make something clear, Dane. I really don't believe we've got 10 years, okay? I don't, I, I just don't. Now, I can be wrong because I've been wrong in the past because I think things became uh, extended where it looked like, you know, for instance, uh, uh, the war was going to break out with North Korea one night and it didn't. But I would say at the rate and acceleration things are happening, people can no longer be, uh, what would you call it, easy chair keyboard warriors. They got to know who to talk to. They've got to take your advice. And ladies and gentlemen, again, this is so critical. This will even determine the places you now live. One of the things I fight all the time with people, and when I say fight, they pick the fight. I usually don't try and pick a fight, but they want me to tell them or to assure them that this is all going to go away and they're safe where they're at. And my answer to that is no one's safe where they're at anymore. And that may sound a little harsh, but it's real. Everybody, well, let's just take, obviously, the entire wine country, Sonoma, et cetera, uh, Napa. I mean, billions of dollars of wine-producing uh, uh, facilities and vineyards were destroyed. So... You've got the whole, if you will, dislocation of that. Now, wine, I'm not saying, you know, this is about wine, but what I'm saying is, is that any time, and here's my deepest fear. I'm sorry, Doug, thanks for letting me close it out. My deepest fear is that there is a binary component to the chem trails, to the chemical and to the viral components in the spray. I've said this, Dane, for 15, 20 years. I said what my greatest concern is, is that if they add, we'll just call it ingredient X, and ingredient X then turns, you know, everything from respiratory, uh, it, it basically puts it into a lethal 
dosage and, in essence, whatever the viral component or the binary chemical component, it turns it into the ultimate weapon. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is one battle you have to get involved in. Like it or not, you're in it. You're out in it when you drive, when you walk, when you do whatever you do. When you, especially you runners, you better be careful. And in a high spray day, don't go on your, you know, three-mile sprints unless you're wearing a, a mask, and then you're going to have to start being smarter. You have to think uh, skin cancers going off the charts. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, geoengineeringwatch.org. I would uh, bookmark that, and Dean, I will put up a link uh, on my website for people to go there. And and I would also encourage you, if you want a background on this thing, written uh, 15 years ago, uh, uh, Weather Wars and Unnatural Disasters is on my website, stevequail.com. Hey, Dane, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your uh, 80-hour weeks. I know that sleep is a five-letter word you don't get much of, but I, I thank God for your absolute uh, uh, compulsion and ambition to help people. And that's one of the toughest things in the world, to help people when they don't know, number one, they need help, and number two, they don't want help. Steve, thank you so much, Dane. Thank you so much. Geoengineeringwatch.org, stevequail.com. We'll be back. And welcome back to this third hour on our Monday edition of the Hagman Report. We have a great hour lined up for you now in this hour three, Dan Duvall is our guest. His website, BrideMovement.com. We're going to talk about a number of things from prophecy to spiritual warfare to current events and things that are happening in our society today. And it's been a while since we've had Dan Duvall on, and it's great to have him back. Dan, welcome back to the Hagman Report. Oh, sorry, Patreon. Thanks, Eric. Eric has put together... Uh, for those of you who have donated on the $5 tier on Patreon, Eric has put together and released the digital downloads. If you have donated on Patreon, go to the digital downloads, get your your phone backgrounds, your computer screensavers or backgrounds, and there are a, a number of selection there to choose from. We even have them here on our computer in the Hagman Studios on our computers, and I got the latest one Eric put together. And is that one up there too, Eric? The lava one? Yeah, that's pretty cool with the transparent, um, the transparent label Hagman report. But there are a, a number of things up there that the digital downloads that Eric has worked hard to put together and put them on your phone, put them on your computer. They are available to those who have donated on the $5 tier. And we urge and, above. and thank everybody, um, and urge them to join the donation on Patreon. There you can uh, choose from a number of tiers and a number of different types of rewards each and every month and those are still being worked on and I want to thank Eric for all his hard work. One thing that we're particularly excited about is the uh, of members only forum more coming on that later but that's that's just exciting to me because that's interactive and it, it's much needed because your voice your thoughts, your concerns it, it provides an avenue and what better way to have an investment because you you have an investment what better way to realize your own equity by giving your own thoughts your own opinions and actually interacting with us to um provide us direction much needed direction at times and, and uh um suggestions and what have you so i'm very excited i want to thank eric 
the tech for all of that, and of course everyone, the entire team here at the Hagman Report. Dan Duvall is our guest. Dan has been on the show several times, and he's got uh, some books out there. He's got podcasts out there, and we're going to talk about all that now with Dan Duvall, his website, BrideMovement.com. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, guys. It's really an honor to be back and uh, to be talking with you again. It's been a while, and um, yeah. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Well, we're excited to have you. It has been a while. It's been too long. We'll have to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And uh, folks who are joining us, Dan Duvall is our guest. Just as a side note, on Friday, he's going to be a guest on the Hagman Daily Show with John and myself, so make sure. And it has been a long time since you've been on the show. What have you been working on since the last time you've been on? <laughs> We've been working on a lot. And uh, it, to just give a brief synopsis, um, because I'm sure we have a lot of more interesting things to talk about tonight. We have um, really continued to press forward in our agenda to help survivors of satanic ritual abuse, government-sponsored mind control agenda, so on and so forth. I have um, recently constructed a book of prayers. I'm calling it Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. And these are a lot of the prayers that we have offered for free on our website, plus additional ones that um, I use as basically my bread and butter when it comes to getting people set free from very, very difficult bondages, high-level issues, whatever you, you know. And um, so I've consolidated a lot of these strategies into prayers scripted, and they are all in this book, and we're going to be releasing it soon. And so that that's a really exciting project that is almost ready. We have um, successfully continued what we called the Fireplace Church, which was a an e-church we launched through Bride Ministries um, for over a year now. And and uh, we, we've been really excited about that project. I've done a good bit of traveling, and I'll tell you, uh, God is blessed, guys. Well, that's that's awesome to hear. And I'm not sure if you had this this podcast. Uh, well, I know you did have uh, things you were doing, putting down on, on recording last time we talked. But you got um, this podcast. Is this the uh, the Fireplace Church? Now, uh, we have the Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall podcast, and that's been a project I've been, you know, carrying forward for years now, and uh, we get into all kinds of interesting subjects on that. The Fireplace Church is completely separate, and um, that is, there's a whole bunch of YouTubes that are still up from the way we were doing it because we were formerly producing them with uh, green screen and all kinds of graphics and effects and so forth, and and we've since switched to a live format. Um in like a web conferencing platform. So um, those are actually two separate outreaches of our ministry. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great, Dan. And again, Dan Duvall is our guest. His website is bridemovement.com. There you can get the podcast. You can check out the books and the other content and resources that are available on his website. Dan, what did you want to talk about coming into to the show tonight? I know uh, you were going to get into justice but that's all we got from John was justice. We didn't get a context, uh, nothing else. So where, where do you want to take it? And by the way, Dan, that was deliberate. Okay, so um, <laughs> or justice or the lack thereof. But but so many things that, that are crashing upon us today, headlines and the, the news, every minute of every day, it seems like there's something that uh, is new. My goodness. Yes. It, it, so so yeah, take us. Well, begin wherever. Well, you know, guys, I 
I wasn't even sure what I was going to talk about tonight either. <laughs> and so I did have a nice little chit-chat with uh, John, who was wonderful, by the way. I really, really like John. And, um, ooh, I really like you guys. And, um, you know, we were just talking about, well, what's going to kind of, you know, fit with some of the subject matter that Steve is going to be bringing and um, your other l wonderful guest. Um, and I... I said, well, you know, maybe I could just talk about this justice thing because this is something that I have been talking about at, more recently at our fireplace church meetings. And it's something that I don't think that a lot of believers quite get. And it is a very, very empowering concept that once we lay hold of it, it, it elevates our ability to engage God with faith and, and, and to engage our lives with confidence. You know, um, one of the major things about our ministry at Bride Ministries is we're in the business of solving problems. You know, I, I don't really get to do much research of my own anymore, where it's like I sit down, I get to read through the news, I get to read through books, I get to read through this, because I am, I mean, bombarded by requests for help. Uh, people from all over the world, um, from, from you know, just I, I have some demonic problems harassing my family and bloodlines. I'm defecting from the Illuminati, and I, I would like some help. Like, I get it all. And um, we've been very successful in helping people across the spectrum. And um, so we're in the business of solving problems, and, and that's what I do with most of my days. It's like, okay, uh, my job is to take the data that, okay, well, this is going on, and they're doing this, and they figured out how to do that, and all this. And, and, and it's like, okay, now here's an individual that has a life that's literally been affected by these things negatively. They have been abused. They have been traumatized. They have sustained severe losses for various reasons, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, you, you could even take it to like what we've been talking about today. You know, the people that were in Houston and, and lost their homes <laughs> to a hurricane. I mean, th that is sustaining severe loss. And, you know, well, why? You know, and, and what is God's response to that? And I said, you know, we need to talk about justice because people need to know the God of justice. They need to have a right perspective of who the God is that we serve. And that's where this... um this whole idea came from. So, okay. Well, go on, Daniel. Please, okay. So, you know, here's the thing. The word for judge in the Bible, in, in Hebrew, comes from the word shafat. And it actually means to judge, to govern, to vindicate, and to punish. And, um, I believe that we serve a God that is very, very intent on vindicating his people and punishing the powers of darkness for the things that they do. God in Genesis chapter 18 is described as the uh, judge of the earth. So that's, that's his office, what he sits in. And when you talk about a judge, you're talking about someone that occupies an office as an authority to decide, to rule, to govern, to vindicate, to condemn, and to punish. And I think what a lot of believers haven't quite understood yet is how to identify with the justice nature of God, how to engage that. 
component of our inheritance in Christ so that we invoke change in the earth. And, you know, here's the thing, right? We all agree that there are things going on in the earth that should not be going on. And therefore, what should we do while we're here in this mess? And the answer is to strategically engage God and our resources in heaven and also to ground it out in the natural realm by doing responsible things like contacting people and authority, uh, you know, raising awareness, so on and so forth. It all comes together and gets grounded out in a holistic strategy. But what we have to understand is that a holistic strategy is always going to be executed in conjunction with a God who presides over a kingdom who has set its very foundations as justice and righteousness. Now, I love Psalm 97 too because it says clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And you know, the administration of justice, guys, actually connects even into the weather. And I'm going to tell you the reason why is because of a principle I'm calling first estate. And you know, Psalm 97 too actually you know, gives us this nature of God. Look, he is going to impose justice. He is going to bring justice. And the reason why is because he's righteous. In other words, in order for God to have right standing with himself, he must judge evil and bring justice in the vindication of the innocent, of those that serve him, of those that have been victimized. That He must do that out of the nature of his character. Interesting, the uh, Hebrew word for righteousness is sedek. It also means justice at the same time. Word means both things. And when we say the foundation of the throne of God is Sedek, it is both justice and righteousness. It's profound. You know, and a lot of people, they have no idea, guys, the consequence of the suffering that they have endured and what that means to the kingdom of darkness. And this is a, a, a radical truth that we have landed on in our work with uh, people that have been subjected to this, the worst kind of abuse and trauma, what have you is that their witness to the atrocities that they have suffered have a huge weight in the courts of heaven. You know, um, and, and, and we've actually learned how to leverage the injustice that has been received by the children of God into judgments against the heavenly powers because we've begun to understand some of these principles like, okay, this is the God that we serve. This is his identity. What's our identity? We'll get to that. What are we supposed to do? Occupy until it comes. What does that look like? <laughs> it looks like a heck of a lot more than we've been tapping into so far. And I love truth because what truth does, when we begin to learn the uh, severity of the situation that we are in, that earth is in, we begin to cry out on the inside for more. It's like, no, no, there must be something for me to do since I'm here. And I'm here to tell you, you don't know the consequence of your being here. And I, 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 I uh, suppose, guys, that in talking with your audience, I am talking to an army. And, you know, if if your audience could see themselves the way that God in heaven sees them as sons and daughters, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, it, 
there would be I mean it would it would be a profound shift that they would begin to step into it as far as how they're affecting global systems um, it, there's so much for us we I, you know Brad we're, we're just beginning to tap into some of this understanding it's like this concept of God being a judge setting his throne on justice and wanting to engage with his people in its administration into the earth is profoundly huge and it makes sense of the suffering that people endures because I and I call this the ministry of the witness if you have a court of law and you do not have a witness you do not have a testimony and you do not have evidence you do not have a case and because God is a God of righteousness who is justice and he cannot be righteous apart from his own justice, he has to follow due process in anything that he does, meaning that he is going to abide by the laws and mechanics of the, you know, the, the, the creation that he himself set up. Devil will cheat, God will not. And so, in order to follow due process, what God needs before he moves to dismantle some kind of mega, mega structure of darkness in the earth is a testimony, he needs a witness, and he needs evidence, and he needs that person to be willing to bring their case as an appeal before him. That is our job. And there are, and I tell you this, there are so many people listening to me now. Your life is a class action lawsuit against the powers of darkness. You have not yet come into a full connection with just how significant you are. And you've been through it. And so we are uh, constantly stepping into this, um, you know, justice thing, guys. And uh, I can slow down at any time if you want to spin some questions or have me slow down. But, um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I really encourage people to understand is, you, you know, the tale of humanity, right? God created us in the garden. He said, hey, guys, you know, I'm going to make you of the dust of the ground, breathe into you the breath of life. You have dominion over the birds and the fish and the sea, whatever. God gave man this dominion in the earth and you know a lot of people unfortunately uh, assume that it was surrendered at uh, the, the fall and you know um, praise God for you know d different teachers and different perspectives and I'm going to humbly step back and just say hey I'm just going to give you my thoughts on the subject but um, because I know that there are people that are going to differentiate with me on this piece but you know, a lot of people will point to Second Corinthians 4 and Luke 4 and say, hey, you know, the devil owns the earth. Adam gave it to him when he sinned. Man lost dominion. Um, Luke 4 says the devil took Jesus on a high mountain, showed him the kingdoms of the world in a moment, and said, all this authority I will give you and their glory, it's been delivered to me. I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. So it's like, you know, I have all this dominion, Jesus. You want it, you know, you have to come through me. And people say, yeah, he got it from Adam. Well, I say it's a little bit more complicated than that because in Psalm 115.16, it actually says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth is given to the children of men. So according to Psalm 24.1, God actually owns the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 115.16, he says that he's given it to the children of men, meaning Adam had a son that was this 
child of man, and then those sons had children, and you have children. In other words, generations going away from Adam, you still have God saying, look, they've been given the earth. In other words, uh, dominion wasn't necessarily lost. It was just surrendered through a back doors. And what we found is that the devil likes to work through contracts. He likes to work through uh, agreements. This is Hollywood. This is politics. This is initiations. This is Freemasonry. You continually agree to more and more. And as you sell out your, your, your own life, your generations for power, the devil gets to piggyback on your authority as a son of man. Um, because he needs that human agreement in the earth. And so by the time Jesus shows up, what you have is a situation where Satan has actually basically gotten all the kings of the earth to sell out their generations and their bloodlines and their kingdoms to his influences and his cronies. And he's saying, yeah, so I stole it from men and I can give it to you. And Jesus says, no, I'm going to redeem it back to men myself. And I am not going to bow to you. And so in Christ, what we get is power and we get authority to begin to, well, get the job done, so to speak. And, um, you know, it's a big shocker for certain people to read Psalm 24, 1 plainly stated. It says, you know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. When they've thought all this time, they're in a situation where they're surrounded by evil because the devil owns the earth. No, we're surrounded by evil because man has agreed to it one generation after another, after another, after another, going all the way back to Adam. But God, God has a different plan in mind. He, he is actually lifting us up in our identity in Christ to make a change. He, he wants us to be change agents, you know. We, we are not just here to learn about what the devil's doing. It's, you know, it's really good, and I honor that. Um, but we are here to be changed. I mean, that's why you guys are doing what you're doing, because you are actually being changed agents by having this program reaching, you know, I don't even know what you hundreds and thousands and millions of people with your with your message with your guests and you're giving something for people to respond to to act on and and what i'm saying is marry that to the authority that is inherent to our identity in christ and you have an atomic bomb that the kingdom of darkness does not know what to do with um i'm coming back to something i i i, I really want to talk about the idea of first estate you know, uh, the Psalm 148 is. Oh, no! I just want to say, okay, Dan, and uh, you really uh, laid laid this out very well, and uh, you know, talking about how we are uh, intertwined with our heavenly Father and how uh, righteousness is is equivalent to justice. And before we we go any further, Dan, I want to ask you this: We have both uh, spiritual people and secular people who listen to this show. Maybe. Uh, I hear a lot of people, even Christians, talk about karma. Now, whether, I don't know in what way they're referring it to, but usually when, when I hear karma, it's almost as though it's a natural uh, law or something that takes God out of the equation that, that administers some form of, of justice of its own. Can you talk about the difference between karma and and exactly what it is you're talking about? Well, as I understand it, karma is a is, is a principle that you 
basically, you know, will receive as you have done. So it is kind of like a cosmic justice, so to speak. Um, it's where cause and effect happen, where, you know, you do things that influence others and, and, and things will, from the universe or whatever power it is, come back on you. And um, that's that's fair. Well, uh, the Bible has a similar principle called sowing and reaping. And the Bible says, you know, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows abundantly will reap abundantly. Um, sowing and reaping is what I call cosmic law. In other okay. words, I believe that karma is the, uh, you know, a alternative observation of a spiritual principle that is God-ordained. It, it amazes me. I just want to throw my two cents in here. It amazes me that uh, many Christians will object to the use of the term karma when I think many Christians will use that term innocuously. However, the um, there are some Christians who will come out and say, well, you can't be a Christian, of course, if you refer to the cause and effect as you had indicated uh, in that fashion. So, I, I think it's a lack of vocabulary, uh, or, or it's a vocabulary deficiency. Or being to, able to articulate that, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to something that is promoting a non-Christian doctrine. I just want to throw that out there. My two cents. Well, yeah, amen. Um, Amen. You know, I think uh, just on that point, Doug, and I, I may have cut out for a minute there, so, um, it, but it, we'll just move. You know, I, I think that a lot of Christians get very queasy about semantics and terminology when what they, you know, need to be, uh, well, queasy about is just how much God has for them and how much they haven't signed up for yet. You know, um, I, I I have found, as I've done deep studies in, into the Word of God, that there, there are actually a lot of things that New Agers and occultists, and, and don't get me wrong here, have observed insofar as spiritual mechanics that are perversions of biblical truth. But they pervert biblical truth that Christians don't even know exists. And as what they know is unraveled and grounded out in the word of God with the dismissal of the lies and the lie-based systems that go along with some of their belief systems, what we find is that you have different perspectives on the same creation that is God-ordained with the same spiritual mechanics undergirding everything. And there are legitimate ways to tap into spiritual mechanics and laws, and there are occult, perverted, lie-based ways to tap into spiritual mechanics and laws. And you, you have two different kingdoms operating the same, basically, field that, that is the creation with two different approaches, one ordained of God and one not, one in order and in alignment with the ways of God and one perverted and utilizing demons and the evil and iniquity and sin, so on and so forth. And so, um, 
Yeah, that 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 is something that I've definitely observed. Okay, and and Dan, I just want to tell you this: there is some sort of uh, weird delay or glitch that's been happening, and that's kind of throwing us off a little bit. And I think you hear it too. I don't know what that is, but we'll just continue to to push forward and move through it. We're going to skip the middle of the hour break that we usually take right now, and we're just going to continue this discussion until the end of the show. <laughs> I just want to let you know that that audio thing it, we 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 hear it too. So. Well, we'll just do our best to work around it. Okay. And please, if I'm, like, making a point and cut out, just stop me and say, can you repeat that? So, sure. Yeah. Because um, I'm not I'm, I'm not able to, but I know that they're doing that or it's happening. Anyway, um, so, yes, I want to come back to this idea of first estate because – I think it's very important for people to understand how some of this attack of the enemy gets grounded out in the Word of God, even when it comes to the weather manipulation. Psalm 148 is profound, and it's really cool because we have Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday, guys, which I'm really excited about. I'm going to be enjoying that thoroughly. And, um, you know, we, we, we celebrate the giving of thanks. Well, that is a very, very profound thing because, you know... Um, God trades on thanksgiving and praise. He real that that is a component of what I would call kingdom culture. And first estate was birthed with kingdom culture at its core, praise to God. And so Psalm 148 describes to us first estate and original intent for just about everything. It says Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Now, can you imagine you have evil people that do rituals along with alignments in the sun, moon, and stars defiling the creation with their sacrifices and abominable activities to advance evil agendas, many of them associated with New World Order goals and protocols. And they are engaging with the powers of heaven to do it. Yet, here in Psalm 148, we find that their original or first estate was to give praise to God. And so they have been deviated from their first estate and original intent through, well, the powers of darkness that have rebelled against God and their human agents that are in agreement with their agenda. And um, yet what we find is that there was an original estate for the sun, the moon, the star, it was not to be used in conjunction or coordination with evil, with rituals, with magical incantations. And I use this language because we deal a lot in the occult stuff. And Well, anyway, moving on, if you keep moving through Psalm 148, you find that verse 7 says, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, and all the depths. There's a reference to underwater activity I'm not going to touch today. But then verse 8 says, Fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. An attack 
against the weather is a direct slight to God's original office and intent for the weather. It's actually an attack on God's divine order. And God point. is very interested in judging that activity. <laughs> that's a great point, Daniel. And, you know, that's a, a, one of the better ways that I've heard that put about, uh, you know, the weather being part of, of God's plan, God's creation, and the mani manipulation of that weather or of God's plan is a direct, uh, an abomination to the Lord. And that is so true today. And that, you know, one of the things we were talking about the last few hours was weather wars, weather manipulation, and how, you know, those impacts are, are we're seeing those on society. But if we look at it from the biblical context, and as you said, the, the same, the, the same entities who were at first creation, who are worshiping the Lord are now, you know, directly opposed to His will and, and having human beings carry those out and using the weather manipulation to do so. You can see how the battle is so multifaceted and there's so many angles to this. It encompasses everything. Exactly. So I say, uh, look, climate engineering is an offense against God. It brings earth systems out of alignment with the will of God. And, um, you know, I'm going to add to that. Uh, God has his sons in the earth to occupy until he comes. And, you know, I believe that the Lord is coming for sure. And there, there's going to be a date for that. And praise God for that time. Uh, but it's not here yet. And so, with proper context, we can be part of the plan of God until that appointed time. And I think that, you know, th there are two sides to everything, right? There is the natural grounding outside, physical 3D earth. This is what you do. You know, you pass laws. You change leaders. You put people in office. You take people out of office. You prosecute crimes in real courts in the earth. But here's one of the principles we've learned. Everything flows from heaven to earth. In other words, if we want to see something happen in the earth, it will first have to happen in the spirit realm. And this is what occultists know. This is why they charge up all of their politicians, all of their people with lots and lots of rituals and power and they whatever. And, and they will even create veils around them so that their crimes are hidden and won't even be addressed. And it's like this supernatural, like, this doesn't even make sense. Everybody knows that this person is doing this stuff. And yet, you know, you could have a million and a half, you could have... 20 million people on YouTube know a head politician's crimes and be able to run through them on their hands and just go through, they did this, they did this, they did this, they did this, and somehow they never get prosecuted and it never falls apart. It's, but there is a web and it exists not only in the natural people covering each other's backs, it exists in the spirit. It exists in the spirit. It's powered up by rituals. It's powered up by evil works. It's powered up by dark agreements. It's, and so what happens is because what is what the evil people have done in the spirit is there, they're able to pull that into the natural and suddenly things go on that just don't make sense. It's like if anyone else was guilty of these crimes, they would have gone down a long time ago. <laughs> but not these people. Well, 
you know, we are seeing certain people going down now because, well, I believe that the children of God have begun to arise and pray and cast down and bring, you know, uh, cries for judgment like never before. Um, and, and there are had politicians that are really sinking quick right now. Also, people in Hollywood, we see that happening. There is actually some good news. Um, but, you know, w- w- what I'm really getting at is there is a... A, a, a principle that what we desire to see happen in the natural should be grounded out in the spirit. And um, we have the authority to do that because we're children of God. You know, one of the interesting things that the Bible says is uh, that we are God's ambassadors in the earth. Um, an ambassador, and that's 2 Corinthians 5.20, you know, an ambassador is a representative of the highest order. An ambassador represents the culture and society from which they come. They represent their government. They actually are sent out carrying governmental authority from the nation that they represent. And when we are children of God, we have to realize is we are in the earth carrying a, a, well, we're designed to carry a governmental mantle as we step into this identity as ambassadors. Um, you know, ambassadors have protection and provision. And and they go forth, and, and when they're in a, a neighboring nation, they're negotiating things in the interest of the nation that they represent. Um, and when you get into the subject of being a representative, did you know that this is a person chosen or appointed to act or speak for another or others in particular? Now, just imagine God has a whole creation. He has weather. He has land. Literally, the land was supposed to produce crops and food that like are good for us to produce nutrients in our body. It's been defiled. Who represents the land in suit? You know, and we have to get into our mind that we are representatives. We, 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 we represent Christ. We also represent his intention. And we represent his, we speak as representatives of his creation. And so when we begin to move into prayer and petition God, we need to go far beyond the idea of, oh Lord, just help the evil people stop doing what they're doing. It's like, no, I am going to bring a case before the Supreme Court of Heaven on the injustice that the land and the sky is enduring as it relates to geoengineering, and I am going to pray from that seat. It's a different approach. But I'll tell you, I think that it is part of our mandate as the children of God to actually stand up on behalf of the creation and begin to speak as a representative. Um, You know, the Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. You know, this, this idea that God has courts is a very real thing. Every king has a court. Every judge has a court. God is both a king and he is a judge. 
and he has a court and in his court he establishes justice the courts of God are the believers resource for justice in the earth and also the resource for his creation and we are the ones that are called to bring suit <laughs> so there is so much that we can begin to do in the spirit that we can then move to ground out in the natural. And if we hit both angles of this thing, and this isn't, you know, we, we, I'm, I'm playing on weather and, and, and uh, geoengineering because that's what was being discussed today and it's relevant. But this goes for child trafficking. This goes for injustice in um, the highest offices. This goes for, uh, y you know, <laughs> You name it, just on and on and on. We have this responsibility and office and identity in Christ that will allow us to shift things. And um, if we understand what we're doing, we begin to get these principles right, we say, wait a minute, I'm going to begin to do this thing. I'm going to bring case on behalf of the earth and the sky before the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm going to begin to see to it that judgments go forth from the throne of God on behalf of my representation of the case that creation has against these evil ones. And that is going to shift things in the earth in a way that no natural thing can stop. So is this done by prayer, Daniel? It is done by prayer! Okay. <laughs> It is done by prayer. Um, okay. I, sh I should probably pause here and slow down, back up. Do I need to answer any questions, guys? Well, no, Daniel, you, you're making some, some great points, and it's a, it's a very interesting angle and way of, of looking at this. And, and you're absolutely right. You are onto something as, as Christians. Uh, you know our our faith and our faith walk with with Jesus is supposed to be our our you know our most important relationship and focus in this world and I think you know so often people get sidetracked or, or are so focused on real life that it, it's kind of pushed down to a, a secondary thing in a way you know life gets in the way a lot of times but when what you're talking about is really um, you know intense and, and going over these things and uh, asking spiritually for for justice to be to be given out in the in the physical world, and I think you know a lot of people, especially Christians who maybe are, are newer Christians or have been on the fence for a while, can't get into that mentality of um, you know that they're so busy worried about paying their bills each week that. Uh, praying for justice to be to be dished out for the environment's sake is so far from their mind. But on the other side, there are people out there, many people out there, who are at that level in their in their spiritual walk. But but is it not important that we realize that yes, prayer is important, but so is action because action without or uh, you know prayer without uh, works is is not. Um, I mean, is, is is not effective. In other words, we can rely. We, we the results are up to God. The the work is up to us. Is as I understand it. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Um, okay. and, and, and and that's you, why. I, because, and that's why. 
Mm-hmm. I just want to say this: the, the majority, uh, and, he, and here's the issue, especially among within the Christian community, the majority of hits that that we take as Christians and as conservatives and as uh, outspoken people in the conservative and Christian conservative community is the fact that, well, you should just pray, leave it up to God. Well, well wait a second. If that was the case, the and this is my personal opinion, the only thing people would be doing would be sitting around, you know, uh, quilting uh, blankets and, and praying. <laughs> and nothing would get done. We were put on this earth in physical bodies for a purpose. That's my view. Or if it worked the way you're talking about, people wouldn't have to do anything because the prayers would answer all the problems. Well, yeah. However, you want to phrase it, but you get the you get the idea. And and, and so that's where, in in the case that you're you're speaking of, uh, and I believe that we were all born born for a purpose. I believe that we we're put here for a reason for this time, this day. You know, we don't uh, now look. I don't know when. Uh, when my time will be up, no one really does. It could be, it could be tomorrow. But I, I do believe that we will have to account for the time we spent here on Earth. What have we done to advance the agenda of of our Christian God, or the God of the Bible? And if if, and I'm not downplaying or in any way, shape, or form assailing prayer, but I'm saying you know it's one thing to pray, it's another thing to act. The two are not mutually exclusive. We can do both at the same time and do both well. I believe my personal my personal opinion. Well, and, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, exactly, it needs to be both sides of the veil. It needs to be both sides of the veil, because even if you look at what the New World Order people have done with the, the way they have advanced radical evil. They've done it on the back of crazy spiritual engagement and encounter. I mean, just look at World War II Nazi Germany. I mean, they, they, they are w- withdrawing so much power from the evil that they were engaged with and ideas and concepts and technology, so on and so forth. They're actually trading out of that realm. But they're grounding it out in the natural. They're building real tanks and they're taking over real governments. That's what Nazi Germany did. You know, it's a demonstration. It's a, it, and and they get it. It's like you don't just trade on one side of the veil only. There's always both. You have to ground it out in the natural. And this is where you know I I I, I, I get my wits down with certain people because they just want to pray all day and do nothing. And it's like. That's not. No, you you need to work a job. You need to, you know, <laughs> you you need to produce value on this side of the veil. And prayer just by itself only is not that. So you need both sides. But if you want to be, if you want to see a shift in global systems, you need to play by the rules. You need to disentangle the entanglements that evil powers have put in the, you know over the earth and, 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 and deconstruct it in prayer. And then you need to be prepared to step into your mandate in the natural plane to begin to say, okay, now if God is bringing a displacement to powers in government, to powers in, in education, to powers in science and research, whatever, there has to be people that are willing to step into their mandate to step into the fill those gaps and those holes. Very, very much natural. And, and 
that is going to be predated by raising awareness, doing things, writing letters, informing people of truth, all of that. It all comes into play in a master plan. And the master plan of God is advancing his government. So I I agree 100%. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that what we need to understand is what we are here to do is we are here to see that justice actually does move forward in the earth. God is very, very interested in bringing justice. He's, he's interested in bringing justice on behalf of creation, and he's interested in bringing justice on behalf of the things that people have suffered and been broken by. You know, um, I remember... You know, I'm going to just give a, a few stories, some, some some kind of lighthearted stories here, but but it just kind of illustrates how God, how how interested God is in this justice piece. I remember there was one time where I was um, on a roller coaster, literally having a good time, and my day got ruined. Why? Because uh, we went over a loop, and my wallet fell out of my pocket and into a pond under the. Uh, roller coaster and I was very sad because I had $20 in my wallet and a few credit cards and some discount cards for you know uh, the supermarket and uh, Best Buy and some other places and so I was I was very sad and I said you know this is not right I have suffered an injustice because I have a certain way of thinking I don't just tolerate loss even if it's natural because I understand that there's spiritual mechanics that go behind just about everything and so I immediately went into aggressive warfare contending for my justice. I said, no, devil, you're not stealing my wallet. As a matter of fact, this is my opportunity for gain because I've caught you, thief, and when the thief is caught, he shall restore sevenfold even to the whole of his house. And I began to stand on that aggressively. And guys, this is what happened. What happened was... Um, I, I was actually away from where I was living at the time, um, visiting my family. And before I left to go back home, um, unsolicited, I received 140 bucks, which was literally seven times what was in my wallet. And the reason why was not because I asked people, "Hey, you know, you, you know this." No, I was standing in in my authority in Christ and administrating justice by faith <laughs> and my justice was recompense it was actually a return on what had been stolen the devil had to pay more than it cost me to be robbed <laughs> and so I not only got the $140 but when I went back to where I was living at the time I got a package in the mail. So here's what happened. I had just canceled all my credit cards, didn't lose a dime on those. They sent them all back to me. Replaced my license. I got a package in the mail. I opened my mailbox, pull out the package. Lo and behold, the amusement park sent me the insert to my wallet. Just the insert. Just the insert. And can I tell you what the insert had in it? Yeah. The insert had my Best Buy card, my discount card for the supermarket, and all of my bonus cards that I couldn't replace with a phone call to my credit card companies. In other words, I got back everything, plus I profited on my inconvenience. 
Now, I just want to draw a, a, a little picture around it. See, a, a lot of believers would have taken that as an opportunity to say, oh, woe is me. Here's another way I just got, you know, cheated. Here's another way I just lost because that's what I do. I lose. I'm the gum on the bottom of the devil's foot. Every time he takes a step, I must get stepped on. Therefore, I am what I am. You know, and it's this, this mentality is like, well, no, let's, let's step into this revelation that God is actually very interested on bringing justice. This is, a, like I said, this is a lighthearted, silly, but yet very real um, event that happened in my life that illustrated for me just how interested God is in my justice. Now, just imagine, just imagine for a minute, if on $20 lost, I'm receiving $140 plus everything I lost back, full reinstatement, how much can be received from someone who has lost five or ten multi-million dollar opportunities having them stolen by supernatural causes that cannot be explained in the natural can you imagine the amount the kingdom of darkness owes to this individual how about the person that was born into an Illuminati family and programmed from birth? How about when you begin to bring the elements of creation to the table and say, no, I'm going to demand justice for the inconvenience that the creation has received at the hands of geoengineering. Like this is, and, and you know, I can even demonstrate a prayer like this on the program live if you guys invite me to. So people can see what this kind of prayer sounds like. But what I'm saying is, what I tell people, I say, when you are robbed and stolen from and cheated, that is your opportunity for increase. You don't know how valuable the betrayals in your life are, how valuable the thefts in your life are because they can be leveraged into greater increase than you can imagine and if it's being executed by a system in the earth of injustice you are a walking class action lawsuit against things like the cps system like the rothschild banking system like i mean i this thing goes so high guys and and i, I know this sounds like chinese some people it's fine you know i'm just don't shoot the messenger what, what i'm saying is our lives the lives of you you that's sitting in your chair listening to me you know you have been cheated and you have not seen recompense yet your life is of such consequence you have not fathomed and I want to encourage you. You are part of God's agenda to reorganize things that are going on in the earth. Because as you begin to stand in the revelation that you are a recipient of the justice of God and you begin to bring your case and you begin to bring your evidence and your witness, I will tell you powers of darkness will collapse around your life. And it will be the liberation of many others more than just you. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna... No, Daniel, that's, uh, that's great. And just to let you know, we only have about uh, three minutes left in the broadcast. But you really um, brought this full circle. 
And you're right. You know, so many of the things we don't think about as Christians are are the things that maybe we are are aware of a little bit or totally unaware of, which are some of the things that have been uh, done to us or taken from us as a as a Christian, as a society. Um, and we see it all the time with with a number of issues. Abortion being one of the most front and center. You know, the millions of of babies that have been uh, killed to further this this agenda that we see, and um, there are you know people out there who have had abortions. Abortions we've had them on the show who are uh, you know so sorry and wish that they they did things differently. And there, I mean, there's so many examples of this in our society in so many different ways. There's really no end uh, to what you can pray for and what the Lord can can restore to you or to us as a whole. If I can just throw my two, again, my, my opinion in here, it would be is you're instructed, I believe, to pray as if the results are up to God, but work as if the results are up to you in the marriage of the Spirit in the real worlds. Is that a fair statement? A hundred percent. All right. Which makes sense to me. That that that's in my in my limited brain as a admittedly marginal Christian. That's the only way I understand it. Because I know I'm here in the physical. I know that there's a spiritual realm. I know that there's um, things happening, of course, in the spiritual that manifest in the physical. And um, I mean that much I know, but. Uh, but yeah, okay. I, I, job in really bringing this out, especially in terms of the concept of justice. Yeah, the spiritual concept of justice. Yes. yes. Daniel, we only got a, a minute or so left. Any upcoming appearances you want to promote? I know you're scheduled to come back with, on with us in December, and again on this Friday on the Hagman Daily Show, you'll be with us. But any upcoming, uh, anything you want to promote? Um, you know, just the fact that I have a book coming out called Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, and that will be in the next several months. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you, Joe, on Friday. I really, really am. And thank you again for the opportunity um, to be here tonight, to share in the conversation. It's just been an honor and a joy for me. I, uh, I, I mean, we do offer the Fireplace Church at Bride Ministries every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is accessible from our website, bridemovement.com. You just go there, click the button, and you're in. Um, and, of course, we have our podcast. So, again, gentlemen, I, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to share. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. And for everybody out there listening, Daniel Duvall is our guest. The website is bridemovement.com. There you can get Daniel's books. And uh, one of the last ones he published that I read was, was the Higher Dimensions book, and I'll have to read it again. I know that's a, it's an awesome book, and it, it takes you to some, some far places intellectually and spiritually. And, again, the podcasts are there. There's so many resources on his site, bridemovement.com. And make sure you check in with, with Daniel as he joins us on The Daily Show on this Friday. Daniel Duvall, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great. You, you uh, really brought it. And I will send you any questions that we get from our listeners. And, folks, if you have any questions, send them to studio at hagmanandhagman.com and I will be sure to forward them to Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. All right. B- blessings, Mr. Duvall. 
Folks, that'll do it for the Hagman Report, the flagship show. Don't forget, tune in tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. I'm going to be on fire in the morning. I'll tell you something. I got a few things to say, and I'm going to say them. And then you can have lunch and then join John and Joe for the Hagman Daily Show from 2 to 3. So 9 to 10, it's yours truly. 2 to 3, it's Joe and John. And don't forget to join us for the Hagman flagship show tomorrow. We're going to have a very special show tomorrow. Check out HagmanReport.com for information on that. You're going to be pleasantly surprised. I guarantee it. You know, Thanksgiving week. Let's be thankful for what we have, for who we have in our lives. And equally thankful for who we don't, perhaps. So... That even made Eric the Tech laugh and John laugh. All right, folks, have a great night. Good night.